Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Oh, yeah, we are back. We survived the storm. Exactly. I wish we could play music, Barrett, because I'd start out this show with Led Zeppelin's When the Levee Breaks. Because that's what basically <laughs> happened in the Philadelphia area last night, man, for about, I don't know, five, six hours. Just nothing but downpours of rain. And we got about six inches here where I live. And a little flooding in the basement, but that's about it. But some people are, you know, just devastated today uh, in parts of the Delaware Valley, South Jersey. They had a tornado uh, that touched down around Mullica Hill area. So, um, you know, we hope everybody that's tuning in and able to tune in there is uh, is uh, safe and okay and survived the storm. Because I know, Barrett, you got out of town yesterday. You were able to get out. And you are coming to us live from Kansas City. In a nice, looks like a nice hotel room, and you're rep representing your St. Louis Cardinals. Well, you know, I grew up a St. Louis Cardinals fan, man. But you know, at this point, you know, I'm 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 a four for four guy now. Right. I know where my bed is. My 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 bread is buttered in Philadelphia. So, but at the end of the day, yesterday was crazy, man. Like, my flight was supposed to leave at seven. I didn't leave mm -hmm. till eight thirty. I didn't get to Kansas City until eleven o'clock, eleven thirty last night. Wow. And I was just, you know, sitting in the airport waiting for the rental car bus to come. And I was just looking at the TV was there and it was just mass hysteria, you know, going on on the East Coast. I mean, up in New York, it flooded New York. The streets were flooded, man. That was crazy, yeah. man. And then subway station right where I am. Yeah. Yep. Deford, man, they, they actually uh, in Deford had a tornado touchdown, tore up mm -hmm. everything around there. Yeah. And Mullica Hill and so forth. Well, yeah. That's only like 15, 20 minutes outside of Philadelphia. So. Crazy night in, in weather, no doubt about it. And, uh, you know, there's still a lot of flooding going on uh, today. I looked at, you know, part of Conshohocken is underwater. Bridgeport, which is right near me, is, you know, the streets are underwater. Maniunk area got hit pretty bad. The Schuylkill Expressway is flooded. Uh, 676, the Vine Street Expressway is underwater. I mean, you can literally, like, take a canoe. Uh, it looks like from, yeah. like, the Art Museum area all the way to the Delaware River on the uh what was 676 so it's just insane and uh it's causing you know some disruptions in the sports world for what that's worth uh phillies were canceled last night they played a day against the nationals and they the temple the temple football game oh they'll play yeah they'll play okay. uh, the temple football game has been postponed already they were they were due to play in front of a packed house i understand rutgers sold out the stadium for forty thousand strong coming in to see the opener uh, for them against the Temple Owls tonight at 6 o'clock or 6.30. I, th I forget what the kickoff was supposed to be. But that's now been moved because of all the flooding in central Jersey. And it's going to be played on Saturday. But we don't know which <laughs> time on Saturday. Because well, that, like for television purposes, I hope they don't get screwed. I Because it was supposed to be on the Big Ten Network uh, right. tonight. Right. But Saturday... They've got Fordham playing Nebraska scheduled for the Big Ten Network at noon. Now, nobody wants to watch that, okay? 
Even Nebraska fans don't care about that game, even though it's a game they might win <laughs> or they should win. But I'm hoping, you know, they can find a way to still get it on television uh, when they play it this weekend. But we've seen uh, also the NFL world was affected. You know, New Orleans got hammered and the Superdome got took on some damage, as it seems to every time a, a hurricane blows through that city. So they've moved the Saints-Packers game, which was a good one for week one. They're moving that from New Orleans to Jacksonville. So, you know, these Saints fans, you know, not only do they get hammered with these storms and, you know, ravaged with flooding and, and wind and damage and all this stuff. Now that, you know, you had tickets to the Saints game, one of the best games of the year is being moved a couple of hundred miles. Well, man, you look at it. It's, it's all it's, it's all bad all together, man. Um, you know, like my house was safe around my area was safe, man. But, you know, the winds were just blowing real hard and. Actually, my um, my high school football squad was supposed to go to the game. If they had a good practice today, and you know, Coach Bathers, you know, the head coach for for, for Woodrow Wilson High School, right. if they had a good practice today, they were going to go to the game. Oh, Rutgers there. Temple. Rutgers, yeah, Rutgers Temple. Oh, really? Game. They were going okay. to the game, so they, you know, Rutgers gave them all tickets to go to the game. But oh, Rutgers gave them going. tickets. Ah, yeah, interesting. I, little recruiting. Yeah, oh, a little no question, oh yeah, <laughs> you got to make it happen. That's right. So they were supposed to go, right. but they play on Saturday. They actually yeah. play um, West Deptford on Saturday, so I don't know if they can. I don't know if they're going to be able to make it. They well, got their own it, game to play, right? But their own game has not been moved, has it? Or, or no, postponed? No. Huh? Okay, it's all it's, it's good to go on Saturday. All right, so everybody on the stream, you know, got to let us know where you are and if you had sustained any damage and what's going on. Uh, and we'll keep everybody uh, up to date. But there's some Eagle stuff. We got Derek Gunn, D Gunn, the gunner, coming on momentarily here. He's going to start yeah. the show with us, Barrett. And uh, of course, he's got the big uh, Eagles uh, game day show coming up right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel and uh, to, talk, to tell us about. And we'll talk some Eagles with him. Zach Ertz apparently has put the past behind and buried the hatchet officially with the front office of the Eagles and says he wants to stay here and he wants to retire an Eagle. Um, so that was news coming out of yesterday. That was great news, you know. And, and you know, you, you kind of figured it to be that way. You know, I mean, he, he always did say, you know, and he said it in his, um, uh, if you quote him, he said that he wants to be an Eagle. He wants mm -hmm. to retire an Eagle. So, I mean, not, you know, saying he's going to be from, from this year on. Mm -hmm. But I will say this. I knew he was going to be the consummate pro and go out there and play to the best abilities, if not only to just, you know, throw the stock back up to what it was. And he right, has an opportunity right. to do that, especially with the type of quarterback that he has. He's going to be a safety net for this young quarterback a lot of the times in these games, man. So, I mean, it's, it's only going to help him be here and, uh, you know, help the situation with, you know, if they were trying to trade him still to get him out of here. Right. Now, that said – between now and the trade deadline, if Howie Roseman gets an offer that, that he likes, he could still flip him, regardless of what Zach Ertz is saying, and he's saying all the right things. Right? Of course. I mean, I mean you got to say know, the right things. Yeah. And he said they, they apologized to each other. Uh-huh. Now, your internet seems to be uh, a little wonky here. This is this is actually just like it uh, worse than your house. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> no, it was it was working just fine. Is your is grandson in the room? Is your grandson in the room? Is he using the Xbox? No, 
<laughs> no. Okay. You know well, let me well, get the I'm good one. Okay. Well, we need to get Gunner on here too. I was. Uh, you said he was going to be coming on eleven oh five. I'm hoping he 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 got the right link because there was some uh, link snafus earlier today uh, to come on right. the show. I, so I, hopefully I, he I got the him, right one. I, I sent him the right one. Okay. And then we also yeah, have uh, the practice squad has been named officially for the Eagles. A couple of names that you you had anticipated them re-signing to the practice squad after they did not make the uh, 53-man roster. So we can go through that as well. Uh, but I'm really uh, anxious to talk to uh, to Gunner because we it's been a while since we've had him on. Right. You know, and really, really the whole preseason has transpired since we talked to him last. So I'm anxious to get to get his thoughts on on the camp and you know the the idea of the Eagles not playing their starters in preseason and all that good stuff. Well, that's definitely something we need to talk about because this team is not that good that they could just think that, you know, they're better than a, than a, than a, you know, the best quarterback to ever play the game who played an entire half in right. the last preseason game. Well, that's but the he thing. Need to. That's the thing that makes this so kind of an interesting, you know, question, you know, and I, and I know, you know, the, obviously the objective to preseason above all anything is to not get anybody seriously hurt. I get that. But when you have other these these other veteran quarterbacks, these stars of the league, you know, playing some time in these games, it makes you think like, you know, are, are they doing the right? Are we doing the right thing here? Right. That's exactly you know? right. I mean, you're talking about two two organizations where veteran coaches made their guys stay out there mm -hmm. and play, and those guys wanted to play, and that's the biggest thing. Those guys wanted to play, right. so they allowed them to play. You know, so I mean, it would be kind of hard to tell Tom Brady, "Hey, uh, I, I don't think you need to play this," and him 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 turn around and say, um, "Okay, but I'm playing anyways." It'd be hard right, to tell right. him no. Wouldn't you think so? Yeah, I it'd think be real so hard too. to tell him no. Yeah, <laughs> you know what yeah, I mean? exactly. But yeah, I mean, you know, there's certain players with that kind of gravitas, you know, that just say, "Hey, uh, I I want to play, and I'm going to play." Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Now, Joey B is my boy Gunner at. Joey B's putting some stuff up here on the stream. I wanted to get your thoughts on these. He's giving uh, dollar amounts uh, for if you have, if you're on the practice squad, and then if you have three years of NFL experience on the practice squad, can you confirm those numbers, Barrett? As yes. far as ninety-five hundred dollars per week, if you have more than three years of NFL experience, it'd be fourteen thousand dollars a week. Right, and it, is and that that's, about that's right? Exactly right. Yeah. yeah. And it's way different from when um when when I first got in the league. When I first got in the league, I think they capped out at like $130,000 for guys usually on the practice squad, $130,000 for the entire season. Right. Now, these numbers are right around the same. So, yeah, it's, it's about right. That's why a lot of these guys were going out and they were kicking it at these clubs and strip clubs and everything. And then they go out there and blow all this money. And, you know, they, they essentially just practice for free for an entire week just to go out there and make it rain. Now, so that's yeah, crazy, because cause that's the thing. They only get paid, what, for the 18, the 17, 18 weeks? Yes. Is that about Everything is prorated. Everything is right. prorated. So you make. So once the season's over, the checks stop coming. Stop coming, man. Right. But they changed <laughs> that this year. They changed oh, it they this did. year. Yeah. So now they get paid, I think, over 34 weeks as opposed to 17 weeks which oh, allows right. guys now to get paid in the off season. 
because you know you, you you look at the kids that you know don't know anything about balancing the checkbook, even though you don't balance checkbooks these days. Right. But you have kids that just never um never had money before in their life, and now mm-hmm. you're giving them. I mean, they were they were having eating oodles and noodles in college. Right. The hamburger helper with no hamburger in it, and now they're getting <laughs> all this money, man. You know what I'm saying? Man, yeah. But- yeah, but I, I mean, if they, if, they hard, were, bro. if they were on the you know on the football team in college, aren't they on some sort of meal plan with the team? Because I know these temple these temple football players when I travel with them, and they all they did was eat. Well, that's during the season. That's during okay. the season. Um, so during the off season, even with off season conditioning, they they're not on some sort of meal plan. Well, they can be on off. It depends on how much you want to get in your check. You know, if you're going to live off campus. Mm-hmm. They prorated like, all right, if you if you if you're off campus and you want to get paid just for for two meals, you know, you get a, mm-hmm. you get this amount of money. If you only want one meal, which is dinner, you have to have at least one meal and that's dinner. And you get more money if you just have dinner. But you could get two meals in which you'd have lunch and dinner and they were prorated to be a lot less than what you would, would get if you just had one meal. OK, so half the time, you know, when I was in when I was in school, bro. Our checks were four hundred and thirty-five bucks a month. A month, okay. And they expected no, us to live on that with just one meal, but right. live on that. Come on, man. Yeah, to that, have an that's, apartment. Yeah, it's ridiculous, that, man. That's, that's not Kansas, enough. Bro. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, still, but I mean, four hundred—that's a month. I mean, my God, you'd eat that much in a week. Exactly. You know. Exactly. Yeah. You know, even in Kansas, you know, I mean, I mean, my rent was. 250 bucks that would right. be 200 bucks to do whatever i wanted to do let alone have a girlfriend or anything like that well that's why you know like i i know when i travel with uh you know back in former jobs before i got into radio you know like you'd have these per diems you know right. for when you're on the road as far as you know food and and so forth and then it was like 35 bucks i'm like bro 35 bucks you're gonna spend that in breakfast at a hotel <laughs> like yeah I, well then what do i do for the rest of the day so what, right. I, what I do is I just, you know, eat whatever I wanted and I'd use the $35 towards my bar tab. Cause I'm like, you know what, I, you know, $35 for breakfast, big deal. That, that, that's, that's called, that's called great planning there. See, exactly. You know, you know how to op, you know how to optimize the dollar amount. That's what that's, you know, that's how you do that. Well, that's what, you know, that's what it was all about. That's what that finance degree in college gave me, you know? <laughs> Now I, I multiplied it out like ninety five hundred dollars a week. Let's say you're on the practice squad, times eighteen weeks is one hundred and seventy one thousand. But you're saying it's thirty four weeks, so they'd get the ninety five hundred for thirty four. Yes. So essentially, well, they, they prorated. They prorated over oh. over, over the uh, the thirty four weeks. Right. Okay. So you're still getting one hundred and seventy five thousand or whatever it is, but it's prorated over a longer period of time. Yes, I got yes. you. All right, all right. Which is better? It's, it's actually better. Right. It actually works out for most players because you can either do it or you can you can opt in or opt out of doing it. Right. And I think it's the best thing since sliced bread that they're allowing players to do that because when you're young and you just give you all this money, all this money, and and you know you got to live for you have six weeks that you're getting paid during this during the um year, and then six months after that you got to live also. Mm-hmm. So you know it's right. a, it's, a, it's a delicate balance in that you know I remember when I when I signed my first contract it was four years it was four years and it was worth one point three million dollars I thought I was rich I thought I was never oh, gonna man. have to work again <laughs> you know what I mean yeah, exactly I I was never gonna have to work again man right little did I know FICA and all those people started 
digging into my check. I never knew that's, what that that's was. That's the social security <laughs> tax. Right. <laughs> Look, when I, when I saw my first check, right, and uh-huh. it was for $425,000, but it wasn't $425,000. When I got it, it was like for $230,000. Like I looked at Half. it. I, I literally looked on the back of it to see that there was more numbers on the is back. Is there another check? <laughs> like this, this is one of two, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. All right. AJB on the stream says he's right outside of Ambler in Springhouse. I know that where that is. He says a little water in the basement, but nothing too bad. But a small tornado just missed the area, hit Fort Washington and Maple Glen. I was talking wow. to a, a buddy who said it took him an hour and a half to drive from Ambler to, to Plymouth Meeting, which is only like five miles right last night wow during this whole thing it was crazy man it got real dark uh you know at six and just the rain just started coming down like i've never seen before like it literally looked like like a, a waterfall outside my w- upper windows coming off the roof there was so much water coming down off the roof that it looked like you were like you know inside a waterfall well and it did this for like a, a couple hours right well I was I was traveling to the airport around about five thirty because my flight left at seven, so I said I figure I'll leave at five thirty, you know, because I mean I'm only twenty minutes from the airport. Right. Well, I left a little bit early. I left about five fifteen, and I was driving, and all of a sudden, right around about just before like five forty-five, it's just like it just the sky just fell apart, man, and it was so it it was going out so hard that a lot of cars were on the side of the road. And the cars that were driving turned on their hazard lights because you couldn't see in front of you. And I had to keep going. I had to push through because I had to go to the um, airport, man. But a lot of cars just stopped and pulled over on the side of the highway, man. I probably should have. You know what I'm saying? It was, it was a blessing to get there, but it was crazy how bad it was out there, man. It was like a, just a sheet, just a sheet of water, the nonstop water just coming down from the sky. It was crazy. Yeah, it really was insane. I'm surprised, like, you know. Like were you, were you a little bit uh, leery of getting in the plane and going up in that? Well, I was at first, but then I looked outside. Right around eight thirty, it slowed down. Uh huh. It slowed down for a little bit, and we right. took off. And once we once we got in the air, it was clear skies. Once we got in the air, you know, like ten minutes into it, it was bumpy. But then all of a sudden, we got up in the air and it was cool, man. We you know we we passed the storm. All right, let's look tough. at this. Let's look at his practice squad signees now. A uh, couple of those offensive linemen that you were talking about uh, yesterday, Coyote and LaRaven, yes. both both got re-signed to the practice squad, along with Fulgham and Hightower at the wideout position, and Jordan well, Howard. Know, and those those three right there, uh, John Hightower, um, Jordan Howard. And um, in fact, Travis Fulgham, all three of those guys made it past waivers. I was surprised. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me too. I'm not really surprised with, with Hightower, Jordan Hightower. I didn't no, know how to sign him to the practice squad. How could you Who, sign me? What, Jordan Howard? Howard? Yeah, I know. Because yeah. he's been in the league so long, right? All right exactly. Well, you know what he actually has? He's probably been in the league about five or six years now. It mm-hmm. seems like it's been longer. You know, it seems like he's one of the elder statements type of running backs. Right. But, uh, he, he, you know, I'm surprised that he's allowed to be on the practice squad. Travis Fulgham's allowed to be even Sewell Pettit. Sewell Pettit. Mm-hmm. How's he still on the practice squad? Well, These yeah, are older, I mean, older guys. Yeah, Sewell Pettit. I mean, he's he's terrible. Nobody wants him. 
Uh, <laughs> you know, Michael Jacquette got on there. Uh, Huntley, too, who was – Huntley's one of those running backs, special team kind of guys. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But Fulgham, a lot of people were elated. A lot of the fan base, it's funny how they fall in love with certain guys. Right. right. You know, they, they fall in love with Fulgham now. Fulgham, Fulgham obviously, you know, it, it looks like a flash in the pan. Mm-hmm, you know, it was like those mm-hmm. first five weeks, and he's never been the same since. Um. Well, his, the potential is there. We've seen it happen before. And that's why I don't understand why it's not happening now. It happened before. All right, D-Gun says he's good to go. Okay. Well, let's, let's log on. Yeah, he can log on at any time. We'll just keep him until he doesn't want to be here anymore. Right. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do like what Aton does to people. <laughs> but just he stay on. Just stay on as long as you want. <laughs> yeah. He always prefaces it too. You know. Um, yeah. I mean, why would I mean? You don't have to get off. You know. But you know. But you know, I understand you got to leave. You got to leave. But you can stay on as long as you want to, though. Right. You know? Right. Can you hold through the break? I love that when they. Yeah. I love when they, when they tell. <laughs> Guests on uh, caller radio, like on sports radio. Hey, can, do you mind holding through the break? <laughs> Put you back on hold. Is he coming on? Yeah, yeah. All right. All right. I need, let me send a private chat to uh, Xander. Okay. See if he, uh... Okay, he says he'll bring him up and we can break after. Gun, so we can just uh, extend it. We can break whenever we want to. Now, that's right, that's right, part right, of the right, beauty right. of of not being tied to a a national radio clock, right? You know, yeah, these <laughs> longer segments well, are better. We do whatever we want. You know, it's not like <laughs> you know, you're not you're very rarely gonna gonna get cut off anymore, Barrett, from telling your stories. You know, <laughs> like it seemed that's like every time you get it, you get into your stories, a time would have to be like, oh wait a second, we're gonna take a break. Yeah, we'll yeah. Be back on in three on the network. And then it was like, okay, Barrett, go ahead. <laughs> I thought that was hilarious because it would always seem to happen to you. But, yeah, I, you know, as far as uh, football tonight, man, you know, my backdrop says it all. That's the only game that really is of note tonight, right? I mean, unless, you know, unless I miss something. Without no, Temple Rutgers, it. Ohio State, Minnesota is the premier game tonight. It's going to be a Ohio good game St- too. Well, they're about a two-touchdown favorite last I looked. I think, like. So was Rutgers, for that matter. Rutgers, Over I think, Temple? was favored by 14 and a half. Wow. I hate to do it. Yeah. Too. I know. Yeah. Whoa. Ohio State is a two touchdown favorite as well. Boise well, State. Ohio State, yeah. Boise State, new UCF is pretty good. Yeah. yeah Ohio State's yeah, got a yeah. new quarterback, but you know he's got to be a stud, right? <laughs> they just churn him out, bro. Yeah. I mean, they just churn him out. It's, you know, we talk about quarterback factories here in Philadelphia. Some of these college programs are quarterback factories, too. And I was reading somewhere where uh, an Ohio State quarterback just got a lot of money in one of these name, image, and likeness uh, situations. Right. Let Let me find that. That's huge, man. That's huge. It is. It is. I feel, I feel, I feel like I'm slighted, man, because. I, you know, even though I was, an, I was an office lineman, I think people would have wanted me to go out and, and, and use my name and likeness for stuff. You know, yeah. I, was, I, was a, I was number three office lineman in the country when I came out of school. I mean, think about it. You could have at least gotten a White Castle sponsorship and at least eaten for free. 
Exactly. Like, you could see you're smart enough to know to just say, hey, you know, all right, you can give me some money, but how about you just give me, you know, X amount of sliders per week? Have a lifetime contract. You know how how um, Iverson had the Reebok contract? Exactly. <laughs> I'd have the White Castle's contract, bro. That would be good. Now, have you hit a White Castle yet uh, since you've been out in the Midwest? No, no, but I did hit a Waffle House this morning. You did? Da, da, da. Now, what da, did you da, get? Da. Did you get the scattered, smothered, covered? No, <laughs> no, I actually got the, um, what do you call it, the, uh, the, the, the patty melt. Oh, okay. And, and hash browns. You know, yeah. you can't mess with that, man. I love that, man. Well, yeah, the hash browns are key there. Like that's oh, that's yeah. that's kind of their signature outside of the waffles. But yeah, right. this this quarterback is Quinn Ewers. He's uh, he's still he's foregoing his final year of high school, I believe, and coming on early, and he's already signed for one point four million dollars name, image, and likeness deal with GT Sports Marketing. Wow! How about that one point four mil. And he hasn't even taken a snap yet for the Buckeyes. He's not even out of high school yet. Right. Can't yeah, he, I can't be mad at him, man. No, man. I, I, You know, if anything, you're envious, right? Right. I mean, because, you know, you go to you go to college for the potential of making money. Right. That's on. the point. Right. Yeah. So if you can forego that, why not go and get the money? You can always exactly. go back to college. Exactly. Um he was originally committed to Texas, but decommitted last October. Well, probably when they changed on? coaches again. Right, right, yeah. right. So one point four million. I mean, this is this is just the beginning. I mean, you imagine. I mean, I never even heard of this kid. I don't pay attention to high school recruiting. To me, I <laughs> wait till you get to college, and then I'll I'll start to look and you know evaluate you. But. uh can you imagine like this kind of stuff? I think it's really going to affect basketball exactly. because if you can make this kind of money and play a year or so in college, you know, is that, you know, isn't it going to affect or it, it could change somebody's mind and, and essentially from like just going to the G league, like you could yeah. have some of the college basketball and college experience and get paid. Right. Kind of like the best of both worlds. I think it could be a good thing. For college sports, I think so. Also, because if you look at what um what, what corresponded at UNLV, mm -hmm. um, what is the name? Anderson Hunt. Yeah, he um he had that clothing um he had that clothing on. He actually made the jerseys, the uniforms for UNLV during that time they were there, and he was on scholarship. He took himself off scholarship so he could start making money and 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 you know putting those jerseys out. But they were trying to take away his amateur status. He's like, no, you guys aren't. You know, you guys aren't paying me. I'm, right. I'm, I'm, I'm in school. I'm paying for my school, and this is how I'm working. You know, because that's the that's the biggest thing right there. How how as an athlete, how can you intend on surviving? And you know, with the amount of money they're trying to pay you, you know, you have expectations for you to be happy during that time. If you, I mean, can you imagine getting under five hundred bucks a month mm -hmm. to try to sustain a life? Yeah. I used to have to cut hair. I used to have to cut guys' hair to get money to pay my child support in, in, um, in college, man. Even though my child support was only 75 bucks a month. Wow. But I still had to get that 7,500, I mean, that $75 a month. You know what I mean? And that was tough. <laughs> it was tough, man. 
All right, John Dickerson on the stream says, I think it's a commit from Texas. He's supposed to enroll early. Yeah, he decommitted from Texas. He's going to Ohio State. Uh, that's the kid. And uh, they're saying that I'm looking for, still looking for a Trojan man endorsement uh, for college. <laughs> <laughs> you remember those ads? Trojan, Trojan man. man. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Now, I don't know what, what's happening with D Gunn here. Maybe I hopefully he's not, you know, in floodwaters somewhere in Delaware, but we're going to take a break and water. we'll hope we'll hopefully we'll get him up when we come back. We'll take a short time out. You're listening to the Jacob Media YouTube channel, The Middle with Barrett Brooks and Harry Mays. Barrett live from Kansas City today out there for college football assignment. And uh, we'll be back in three. As a hardworking American. You've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. On the field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Ah, welcome back to the media YouTube channel. The middle, Harry Mays, Barrett Brooks. We are waiting on uh, D Gunn. Any uh, communication with D Gun? There's his Waffle House cup. What's in there? <laughs> yeah. What's in that? You got iced tea, or what do you got in there? Now, yeah, this is this is um, this is an Arnold Palmer. So yes, iced oh, okay. tea and, and lemonade. lemonade. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so so it's not yeah, a John Daly yet. You don't have any vodka in there, do you? Right, right. It's not. A, 
<laughs> John Dennis, man, he used to he used to be my hero, man. You know, he's 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 on the wagon right now, so he can't be my hero, man. But he used to be my hero. Anybody that can go out there and be out of shape, play golf, and drink as much as he did, and still be a winner, yeah, you got to know he's the he's he's that guy, man. He's that dude. Well, he's battling cancer right now. He's get battling, out of here. He's battling bladder cancer, I believe. I do not know that. Um, they well, say it's it's treatable, and you know he's probably going to be okay. But um, if he's on the wagon, that's probably why. <laughs> so it wasn't you know, it wasn't like it was on purpose. Well, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. I don't you know I don't know. I don't want to you know speak out of turn, but I do I do know that he's uh, that he has cancer and he's battling it right now. And his son, by the way. Uh, John Daly Jr. is now at Arkansas playing on the golf team, too, which is following in his dad's footsteps. Yeah. Yeah. He's an Arkansas well, uh, guy. All well, right. So what's, what's what's the deal with Gunn? Well, um, he he, he going to make it. Oh, I thought it was. I thought you meant tomorrow. I'm like, oh, my I'm God. Not, why would I say tomorrow? Yeah, exactly. It's today. I hate to today. do it to him. So, right. what's, what's, so what's happening here? What He'll be on in five minutes. All right. Five minutes. <laughs> Can you believe that? Yeah, we're trying to promote his his show coming up here on on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. I mean, what is he doing? Seriously, I don't know. We're gonna have um, John DeCarlo is uh, scheduled to join us at twelve thirty today because I was originally, you know, because Temple Rutgers plays tonight. Give a little uh, get a little insight on that game and and the Temple Owls. Now it's postponed till Saturday, but still we'll have him on and. Uh, Talk a little college football at twelve thirty. Can't but, wait. But yeah, the uh, Ohio State game is really the only big one. The other one's Boise State UCF uh, is tonight. ECU plays App State. South Florida NC State. Um, I'm not uh, nothing really jumping off the page here. Some MAC teams in action, and Delaware plays Maine. At Maine uh, tomorrow night. Maine North has Carolina. a football team. Oh yeah, the, the the Bears. I think they're called. Are they the Black mm-hmm. Bears? I think uh, North Carolina plays V Tech tomorrow night. That's not bad. That'll Duke, be a good game. Duke against NC Charlotte. Mi- Michigan State Northwestern is tomorrow night. Another Big Ten game. That'll be a really and good then, game, also. Yeah. And then of course your game. Here's the point spread on your game, Barrett. The Kansas Jayhawks. Are fifteen and a half point favorites over South Dakota. So mark that well, down. South Dakota played, uh, yeah, fifteen and a half point favorite. Well, you know they went, um, they played spring football because they didn't play during the, during the season. But right, they played spring football and they went one and four, uh, one and four during the spring season. But they have okay. two freshman quarterbacks that are playing for them. You know, so I mean, at this point, man, their offensive line is huge. But it is a team, you know, trying to get back into the, you know, the pace of things, man, because, you know, taking, you know, the season off, man, that's tough, man. They didn't try to go in and play in the spring. Yeah. That's a totally different way of, of trying to prepare for football, man, going in the spring and trying to do it. That has got to be tough. Now, what what do you think the crowd will be? Or will there be? Do they get anybody to go to these games at Kansas for football? Uh, Well, let's see, that's tough in Kansas. It's tough yeah. in Kansas, man. You know, saying you know, Coach Leopold, he um, he comes from Buffalo. He just mm-hmm. you know took over for um, a coaching staff that you could you could kind of tell they didn't really want to be there, and uh, you know the players were like that too. But I, I think he's 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 going to change that program around. 
you know, he'll he'll do it the right way. He'll definitely do it the right way. Well, I'll tell you, that's um, that's not a job. Like that's one of those jobs that maybe you kind of say, all right, well, I could have this job, but I'm going to wait for a better job. Right. You know what I mean? Because he was doing really doing really well at Buffalo. Yeah, Les Miles is who was the previous coach, uh-huh. the former uh, um, LSU and Oklahoma State coach. Yeah, but all those allegations came back. Yeah. yeah. Right. You know what? Now, did they get suspended? No, they didn't. They did not. Okay. No, I didn't get suspended. But, you know, this coaching staff, man, you know, they, they you know, like I said, you know, Coyote Awosika, he's, he's from there. You know, he played his ball at Buffalo. Uh-huh. And then, you know, the tight end, Tyree Jackson right. was there. And they had a pretty successful program. I did um, the last game they had at Temple. Mm-hmm. I did it. Um, you know, I, I did that game. And I'll tell you what, you know, they went out there and, and they were just a physical run the ball and then take it over the top, you know, with, with play action type of team. And, you know, yeah. they, they like that physical brand of football. Now, Tyree Jackson. Game, but, you know, Obviously, part of the fifty-three man, but he'll probably be put on on the IR, and that'll open up a spot. Now, do they, do you think they move uh, Howard into that spot, Jordan Howard? Because they only have three running backs. I know it is either it's either Howard or um, it's it's either the tight end. Um, I, 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 which one? You know, pick your poison. Who do you, who do you think the who do you think they're going to need more? I don't um, know. Well, I mean, you, they don't have a short yardage back. They don't really have a back that they can really rely on for, uh, for pass coverage, like a veteran, you know, guy that can pick up blitzes. And, uh, you know, I mean, to me, J- Jordan Howard, that's that's his role, right? But then they don't have a blocking tight end. They got two pass catching tight ends right now that are playing for them. Yeah. So this is end. There's no other tight end on the practice squad. Right, exactly. So, I think that might be how what they're going to do. I think they're going to bring in, uh, bring back uh, Rogers. I think they're going to oh, bring him so? back and leave, yeah, and leave Howard on the practice squad until they really, really need him. But they oh, wow. need a tight end right now. Interesting. They need him in the worst way. All right. Well, we need we you need Connor in the worst way. Yeah. <laughs> this is what happens when guests say they were coming on and then they don't come on. <laughs> then you hate to you hate to do it to him. We don't crush exactly. him for this too, because he would oh, yeah. crush me. He would. Oh, he would he kill would you. Talk trash. Oh, oh, he would use, no he would use this. This is typical Barrett. You know, not yep. paying attention, not looking at his emails. You know, uh, he'd hit me with yeah. the former athletes too. He'd be yeah. This is how these yep. former athletes do stuff. That's right. That's why I'm hitting it's, you. It's, we got to kill him with this. <laughs> we got to. That's first. That's the first thing he says to me. No, uh-huh. he's going with that former athlete stuff, you know. Right. Come on, yep. man. Come Poor on, Amy Fadul. I know what she goes through on a daily basis dealing with this guy. <laughs> right, like, right, uh, right. Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah. But, uh, you know, if he, he doesn't come on any, soon, any sooner, we're going to have to talk a little bit about the Phillies because, you know, they're getting some attention again and maybe uh, trying to get people to still believe as they head into September. But there he is. D Gun at the real D Gun on Twitter, joining us from a library. It looks like. Oh, you, were you guys speaking ill of me? Is, is that what I heard? I'm Barrett, Barrett was. <laughs> he always does. I hate to do it. 
I, I hate to do it to you, man, but if I would have, no, if I would, no, if I'd have said, "Well, I thought you meant tomorrow," you'd be like, "See, there you go with that typical athlete stuff, Barrett. You're not an athlete anymore. You know, you got to stop acting like you're an athlete. You know, I meant today. It's true. Current current athletes and former athletes are are synonymous in one regard. Whatever they tell you, don't believe them. You know, <laughs> unless unless there's money or a car involved. Right. Nine times out of ten, don't believe anything they tell you in terms of, oh, I'll be there. Oh, I'm supposed to be talking about you like this. You're not talking to me like this. I was here on time. Well, well say, I got to get my shots in before you do. Right. So, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just saying. So. Well, hold on. I called him. Look, I called him, right? And uh, his, we sit next to his wife and his daughter. So as yeah. soon as I call him, they answer the phone. Guess what he said? Well, she said, well, his wife said, well, who was that? And his daughter said, Barrett. I said, yeah. well, how do you know? <laughs> how do you know? Because exactly. he's the only person he talks to. <laughs> See, that's not true. See, Barrett and I talk like maybe once every two to three weeks. But since we've gone our separate ways, I have to initiate conversation because, you know, Barrett forgot about me. But it's okay, though. It's quite okay. I, I texted wow. you asking about your family, how you guys were doing down there. You know, I mean, did the bad weather come? Well, did, did you survive the storm morning? okay, Derek? Yeah, you know, I'm looking yeah. outside. Of, I'm in my wife's office, and uh, we're dry as a bone down here, you know. But I've been watching the morning news uh, in the Philadelphia area, wow. north of Philly, New Jersey. Um, they're saying it hasn't had this much uh, water in the streets in 150 years. And then I saw an overhead shot of the Schuylkill where the water's cresting all the way to, to 76. And a lot of the houses on boat, boat, um, Boathouse Row are, are submerged in mm -hmm. water. I'm like, I've never seen this. And wow. And then, of course, you know, to all the people out there affected by the uh, hurricane in Mullica Hill, you know, uh, praying for you, you know. I saw some of the devastating damage in that area. And wow, you know, you wake up one morning, everything's fine. The next morning, your house is gone. Your possessions are thrown all over the neighborhood. Wow. Um, so by the grace of God down here where I am, you know, we got a lot of rain, but no flooding. Uh, so I'm so blessed in that regard. Woo. Well, that's good to hear. I know yeah. they, uh, they, they moved the, uh, the Temple football game. The Temple's supposed to play Rutgers at Rutgers. Yeah. They had 40,000 uh, strong ready to sell out. And now they got to move the game to Saturday. Wow. And then yeah. you, you hear about the Hurricane Ida that, that hit Louisiana. Right. And that was last week. They're already they're moving the Saints game, I believe, to Tampa. Jacksonville. To Actually, Jacksonville. They're going to Jacksonville. against yeah. Green Bay down to Jacksonville. Wow. So, yeah. you know, and we just got the aftermath. So I can't even begin to imagine uh, what, what Louisiana is like. You know, it's funny because uh, not funny, but uh, when Katrina hit, um, my crew and I, we went down to New Orleans later that season. Uh, for the Eagle, uh, Eagles game, and it was still pretty devastating. And we went down to the Ninth Ward, one of the uh, more heavily hit areas, and it's one of the few times in my life that um, I was speechless. Um, it's one thing to see it on TV, but um, another thing to uh, actually walk amongst uh, devastation like that. And, uh, and man, I, I tell you what, uh, when, when Mother Nature rears her anger, um, there, there's no holes barred in, in terms of what could happen. Oh. No, it lets, it lets you know how Absolutely. really inconsequential we are and yeah. what we do. Yeah. Is yeah, too. But I know you got this uh, live post-game show coming up here on uh, Jacob Media. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah, um, you know, you guys know Joe Krause, uh, who owns Jacob Media. Um, he approached me uh, this summer and asked me would I be interested uh, in being a part of a two-hour post-game show. 
uh, live post-game show on uh, you know, the Jacob Media YouTube channel. And I said, you know, of course, I'm always looking for a new challenge and stuff like that. And uh, then he started asking me about some people who I thought would be uh, good for the show. And um, I immediately thought of uh, Mark Farzetta. Farzetta and I have a, a long history together working at NBC Sports Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he's very talented, very versatile, colorful, animated. And so I thought it would be a natural fit. And then, of course, um, Joe decided to add John McMullen, who's a great guy, a great writer, uh, and a Devin Caney, who we're starting to get to know a little bit about. Uh, Devin, of course, covers the uh, professional lacrosse league. Um, and so, um, you know, they, they teamed us four. And then keep your fingers crossed because uh, as of right now, I got Lane Johnson to uh, – he'll latch on after every game uh, by way of phone, whether it's just audio or video and audio. Uh, once he gets out of the lock, locker room, I said, Lane, you can't, you can't be in the locker room when, when, you, when you come on. Audio, fine, but you can't come on video in your locker room, man, because – you know, uh, yeah, this is a family show, man. If you guys know, having been in locker rooms, hey, hey, there's stuff, there's stuff moving around there. The right. general consensus doesn't need to see it. So, right. You know, right. So Lane has uh, gracious, been gracious enough to say he'll do it. That's today. We'll see. Keep your fingers crossed. Who knows? Okay. You know, I, I love Lane to death, but I'm looking forward to it. Um, it it's a different concept for me, uh, being a part of um, a four-person panel. Um, you know, and, but I get to do what I love to do, which is talk football mm-hmm. and talk football with knowledgeable people. Um, uh, so I'm looking forward to it and having some fun. It'll be on after every Eagles game, right after every Eagles game on the Jacob Media YouTube channel for two hours. So Thanks, all you guys, guys out, all you guys and gals out there listening and watching right now, we hope you tune in each and every uh, game day. Uh, for us on the Jacob Media Network. I'll tell you, that sounds like a great show. I can't wait to uh, to watch it uh, after the Atlantic game. But that was one of the things that I used to always look forward to the most after Eagles games. Yeah. was, And that's why uh, a lot of times I wouldn't go to the game because I wanted right. to watch stuff immediately afterwards. Yeah. And seeing you in the concourse, you know, in the concourse, right outside the locker room, getting the players one by one yeah. was just fantastic stuff. Yeah. You know, um, um, it's, it's funny. Um, I've been doing this for so long, but that was the first time when I got here that I had an opportunity to do that on a weekly basis for a network I was working for to be outside the locker room. And of course, initially back in uh, 1998, when my bosses asked me to take over covering the Eagles full time, you know, you don't know what to expect. You know, I'm still learning the players. Players are still learning me. But it just so happened that at that time, was a cast between 98 and 99 it was such a cast of colorful characters um you know uh you had the hugh douglas's there and then all of a sudden it was the john runyons would come in hollis thomas's and sure left this Corey simon ike reese you know all these guys uh chad lewis you notice he didn't say barrett brooks uh, it's just about he, nothing. He's, he's getting there well wait wait did you play there i, I don't remember <laughs> you know what I'm wow uh, you know, Barrett didn't say a whole lot back then. He was very quiet. Now, is that true or not? Yes. Yeah. So the guys okay. that would the guys that would come on the show, all I had to do was hold a microphone up, and it was like Comedy Central. They took over. They were class clowns. They were all about business between the stripes. But the show took on a whole life of its own. And I'm like, wait a minute. Instead of just talking X's and O's, we can have some fun with this. So we started talking about wardrobe, shoes, jewelry that guys were wearing. And people gravitated towards that stuff because people in this region had never seen that before. Right. Um, you know, when you watch national shows, there's always a quick interview, 
a minute, two minute interview with the player. Thank you very much. Goodbye. But we took it to a different level. And that was that was basically because of the players, Troy Vincent, all these guys, Bobby Taylor. These guys were were camera ready. And all I had to do was hold a mic and ask a simple question. And it took on a whole new life on its own. And then, of course, when that wave of players left, here comes a whole new influx of players, the Sheldon Browns, the Lito Shepherds, uh, you know, guys like that. And it just kept going and kept going. Now, of course, the last few years, as the team got younger after they made the transition from Chip Kelly, you had a bunch of younger guys in there who were afraid to say much. Mm-hmm. You know, so it was a little bit more difficult to try to extract personality out of them. But uh, all of a sudden, Brandon Graham, Brandon Graham, all of a sudden took it. That was people have asked me, was that scripted between us? Mm-hmm. That was as as organic as it could possibly be. Um, and it started with that guy, that joker sitting right there with you. <laughs> I didn't know this. I, Harry, I, you know, I'm, I'm sure we've told this story. But I, I didn't know what was going on until a year afterwards when Brandon Graham, Brandon Graham all of a sudden started this. Where's D-Gun after every game, preseason game, home game, away game? I'm like, and, and his teammates are looking at him like, who's D-Gun, you know? <laughs> Where's D-Gun at? Wrong again, D-Gun. And I'm trying to figure out, what is he talking about? And then when I, when I would have him on, he would tell me, yeah, I heard you picked against us this week. And I'm like, who told you this? Oh, I got my sources. Don't worry about it. But then again, he was on that Breakfast Abroad show. Right, yep. And this this knucklehead here would tell him, you know, D-Gun's picking even when I was picking even when I would pick the Eagles that week, this knucklehead would tell them, you know, D-Gun picked against you again. You know, D-Gun took the Redskins. Yeah. And I'm like, no, I didn't. So it took on a life of And, you know, it's it, it, like people are still, you know what, it, it, people are still asking, hey, D-Gun, are you going to be on post game again? Are you going to do something with Brandon Graham again? You know, I, hey, who knows? Who knows what the future holds? But. It, it was unbelievable, and of course, me being me, I just ran with it. Every he would, he would. It could be 50, 60, 70 media people in a locker room after practice, and he would just try to blast me. Digon, you picking against us again this week? What? And his teammates were standing going like this, and I'm like, hold on, man, you don't know who I picked. Yeah, I know you picked against us. And I'm thinking. Okay, wow. but it got me notoriety, so it was all it was all fun. It, it started out like that. I was sitting there, we're on uh, breakfast on broad, and we're sitting there. I'm like, I said, "Hey, man, I don't know, I don't know what you did to to Derek, man, but why why is D Gun always picking against you, bro? Blast I mean, every me. single time he always. I mean, Blast I don't think he me. think y'all can play, man. I don't think he thinks yeah, y'all can see, play. See, Harry, he do <laughs> stuff yep. like this. Yep. See, and I'm thinking, where's this coming from? Wow. And I found out a year after the fact when he finally snitched on himself and told me what happened. And then I went to Brandon. I said, has, been, has Bear been freeing you? Oh, yeah, man. Bear's tell me everything. I'm like, okay, here we go. Okay. You're, right. feed, you're feeding him great barbecue and all kinds of great food. Yeah. And he's, he's feeding the players lies about you. I let him in my house, Harry. Yeah. And Bear will tell you. Bear will tell you when it comes to me. I've had so many people at work, former colleagues and friends. How come you never invited me down to your house for barbecue? And I would tell everybody, I said, you know, me at work is like church and state. I have to keep them separate. Right. But somehow this joker found a way to slip in the back door. He he sidles up to my wife and my kids. Right. Oh, we love Bear. My That's kids weird. call my kids call him Uncle Bear. I don't know right. how this happened. Right. Even to this day, hey, invite Uncle Bear. No, I'm not inviting <laughs> Uncle Bear. No. I'll get a text. I get see a text. enough of him. Yeah. <laughs> No. I get a text. Um, 
we're inviting you to come down. I know my dad, he already sent the situation invite, but we want to make sure he invited you. That's Never happened. <laughs> Never happened. I'll tell you. Well, we got to ask you about some Eagle stuff yes, here. Yes, but sir. I know uh, the people on the stream are wondering what's on the smoker this weekend or the grill. Um, I don't know if I'm actually grilling. Uh, today, by the way, is my oldest daughter's uh, birthday. Uh, happy yeah, birthday. Yeah. Yeah. birthday. And so, um, you know, we, my, today. My, 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 don't you know you don't tell? Don't you know you don't tell a woman's age? I'm gonna tell her you told. Wow. Wait till I tell her you blasted her wow. on the airwaves. She looks young. She wow. looks young. So she does look good. She, she looks like her daddy. <laughs> Thank now, God for Trish. Thank now, God for Trish. No, but now, uh, we, we, my wife and I were deciding we were gonna grill uh, today. Mm -hmm. We were gonna grill like uh, chicken thighs, breast, you know, because we know she likes us to grill out. I was gonna maybe do you know simple stuff burgers brats things, mm -hmm. but she said you know what dad let's just order from this Italian place down the road from us which is really good, and I said okay saves us a mess in the kitchen so that's what we're gonna do as far as the weekend, I'll be doing a lot of work helping my other daughter my other daughter um, has is taking over um, the nursery at the church we go to and so we're redoing the church repainting it uh, we went, took her to IKEA she bought a bunch of things for kids uh, preschool kids. So tomorrow and Saturday are work days for me. So Sunday is my day of rest. Mm. I'm not grilling anything on Sunday. So I get off scot-free this weekend. Yeah, hey, well, you're not going to get off scot-free right now, man. But um, you, just because you're looking at this, you look at the, the, the guys on the, on the, that are on the practice squad right now. There's right. a lot of veteran guys on here, man. This is not necessarily a practice squad. A lot of these guys really had a hand in playing last year, a lot of reps last right. year. It could potentially be guys that be looked upon, looked upon to you know fill the role um, this coming season. How are they able to get all these these older guys on this practice squad now? What 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 is going on? Well, you know it's funny. You're not the first person to ask me this, and so I will preface it by saying this: I'm not going to answer you in a demeaning way, but here is my honest answer: to have the kind of players they have on their practice squad, it tells me number one that nobody else wanted them. <laughs> right, I mean, right. Think about, think about it. Out and out, yeah. Gordon Howard, Travis Fogum, John yeah. Hightower. Nobody else wanted them. So, what does that tell? I mean, look at how many players moved around. Once mm -hmm. teams started gutting teams, just players jumping. Hey, none of the Eagles players were moving, did they? Mm. So, yeah, what does we that did tell you? We, we picked up two guys. Uh, Marvin Wilson and Keyshawn yes. Johnson. Okay, okay, you picked up a couple of guys, but the guys you're talking about, did any of them leave? Nope. No. Okay, so that tells you, I think a lot of people perceive Jordan Howard to be uh, beyond his better years, and I don't think uh, people obviously were all that high on Travis Fogum and a John Hightower, and that's not a knock against them. It's just it's just the facts, because if, the, if people wanted him, they would have snatched him off the waiver wire. Didn't happen. Yeah. So, you know, John uh, Travis Fulgham is an interesting one. Here's a guy for a few weeks, man. He became the Pied Piper of Philadelphia, making these great catches. All of a sudden, it was like he was in a witness protection program. You didn't hear from him. Didn't mm -hmm. see him anymore. Um, John Hightower still has a lot of growing to do. But I don't understand why the Eagles are going with just five wide receivers right now and three running backs, a little thin in both positions. Yeah. When most teams are carrying at least six wide receivers and at least four running backs. You know, and one of the wide receivers they get, they kept, God bless him, J.J. Arthega Whiteside. What was the comment? Well, basically for his set, his uh, special teams prowess. Really? Mm -hmm. So you really have four pass catchers on your roster right wow. now, and a special teams expert. 
If that was the case, <laughs> why did you keep track? Don't, don't get me yeah. laughing, Barrett. I'm trying to yeah. be serious here. No, that, that's just to justify it's, the second round pick. Yeah, Harry, am I yeah. making sense here? Yeah, you you're making perfect sense. See, Absolutely. I, yeah, I'm. I'm just trying to be as honest as I can. You know. Yeah. So now you you got four legitimate pass catchers on the roster, and, and a guy you hope will snag one every now and then. But yeah, you know, I'm just curious at how this roster has come together. There's so many ifs on this roster right now, and it's really intriguing to see um, how they hit the ground running. First four games, uh, tough games, tough games, but we're going to find out a lot about this team in the first month of the season. Well, I know Barrett and Aton and I have spent a lot of time during the preseason uh, in the yeah. month of August talking yeah. about the lack of starters playing yeah. you know, yeah. minutes in these in yeah. these games. You only have three of them. And yeah. I, I get it. You don't want to get anybody hurt, but there's so much newness going on. It's yes. a new staff with a new system and all this kind of stuff. I mean, were you surprised that the starters played so sparingly during August? Yes, I was, especially when you consider – look at the last week of the preseason. Tom Brady, first ballot Hall of Famer, seven Super Bowl rings. He played almost a half in the last meaningless mm-hmm. game of the preseason. Yeah. Patrick Mahomes, league MVP, Super Bowl champion. Andy Reid had his starters playing until the third quarter in the last preseason games. Now, a number of teams did uh, uh, go the same way Nick Sirianni did in terms of not playing the starters, but those are teams uh, like the Green Bays that have had their head coach in place for a while. The Ravens. The players, the Ravens. And then what happens? Ravens played the starter, and what happened to the kid, J.K. Dobbins? Dobbins got hurt. Yeah, he tore his uh, ACL. So I'm not going to chastise Nick Sirianni for holding back his starters, especially when you consider this team has been ravaged by injuries the last couple of seasons. And so this is the healthiest they're going to go into a first game of a season in quite some time. Um, but in terms of the cohesiveness, cohesiveness and, and, and chemistry, uh, as, as Harry just alluded to, um, a new coaching staff, a new quarterback, a young, untested collection of wide receivers, um, not a lot of depth in the backfield, um, you know, you hope the offensive line can stay healthy. You have a, a new left tackle that you're banking on protecting your quarterback is blind, quarterback's blind side. And I think Jordan Malata has potential, but here's the thing. Jordan Malata has never played a 16-game schedule against the variety of DNs that he's going to have charging at him and using a, a variety of, of moves against him. Mm-hmm. Can he hold down the fort for 16 games? We don't know that. That's one of the many ifs on this team. Uh, we don't know what the defense is going to look like. Steve Nelson had a great year in 2019, off year 2020, which Steve Nelson is going to be opposite Darius Slay. You know, um, this, 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 the safety position um, it, it is a little up in the air. You know, Anthony Harris was was a great safety, but is he still that guy? You know, I, in the D-line the D rotation, the young guys have, have some promise up there, T.Y. McGill um, and, and stuff like that, but we got to see them do it, you know, and, and they're going to get they're going to get their test. They're going to get their test early because uh, even though Atlanta is under a whole new regime like the Eagles, I've been down to that new dome they play and That place is loud, you yeah. know, and I expect a big contingent of Eagles fans to be there. But, you know, Atlanta's won the last three games against the Eagles down there by a margin of three, three point three points. Close hmm. games. But you still have Matt Ryan going up against Jalen Hurts. You know, you, you have Calvin Ridley. And you have a collection of young guys you hope can step up. So it, there's a lot involved here, um, but we're going to find out. It, this is one of the most intriguing years in all the years I've been covering and watching the Eagles. Yeah, one of the most intriguing years um, 
as this team gets ready to uh, embark on this campaign in 2021. Well, you know, speaking on, you know, this, this team and all these uncertainty and, you know, all these first looks at guys in this, in this system, you know, we haven't really seen what the system is for either um, the defensive coordinator, offensive coordinator, and even special teams, yeah. but the head coach in particular, um, where do you see him? You know, how do you, how are you looking at him? You know, I mean, because we just hear Garner Minshew, he made, this isn't something that he just, you know, all of a sudden came upon as far as this being competitive, you know, uh, right, you know what right. I'm saying? You know, he played Garner Minshew during a draft process in a game of horse. So, you yeah. know, this isn't something that, you know, just automatically, you know, that just appeared from nowhere as far as him being competitive. So what are you thinking about him and, and what he's done to this point as a head coach? I think uh, Nick Sirianni has done a great job in terms of winning his players over. Uh, you know, during training camp, he's wearing the players' numbers, a, a different player's number every week. Players love that kind of stuff. They gravitate towards that stuff. Baron, as you know, when you're a veteran player and you're, you're about to em, uh, embark on a whole new different direction with a new coach, you can be a little bit standoffish at times. They're like, I want to see what this guy's all about. But I think Nick Sirianni has done a great job in terms of winning. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Getting these guys over. Um, I like the process of how um, he will stop a practice at any given moment and make it a teaching moment. You know, it's not about let's do it again, let's do it again. He will single out individuals and, 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 let's, and let's have a teaching moment. I think players really appreciate that. Um, I think the players in general also appreciate the overall energy of the new coaching staff. You got one coach who's younger than a number of the players on this team. You know, it's crazy. But what we don't know, we don't know how Nick Sirianni calls a game. We don't know how he's going to be able to use the play clock. Will he handle it well? Uh, we don't know what he's going to do in crucial situations, third and inches, fourth and ten. You know, what, what's, he, what's he going to do? Uh, that remains to be seen. You know, he's he's been around the game a long time. He's been under some great coaches, especially Frank Reich. Um, now it's his turn at the wheel. You know, now it's his turn to steer his own ship. So we're going to find out. You know, and we're all going to watch closely how he calls the game. You know, the fact that he kept everything so vanilla when we've heard so many times that he's going to rely heavily on the screen game and the run game. But well, we didn't see a lot of that in the preseason. So he may come out of the gate and co completely catch Atlanta off guard with whatever he wants to do, or it could be discombobulated right out of the gate because the starters have had such little time together in a game situation. So, you know, that's a, that's another one of the big ifs as we get ready to get into the season. I was talking to Barrett about this this week, and yeah. it's apparent every time I hear Sirianni talk, man, he is yeah. maybe the most enthusiastic coach i've ever witnessed about that loves football i mean he is yeah. just so into it you know i, I think he is it's such a great transformation in the sense that when he first got here you know when he had first had his first press conference it was like he was afraid to say anything mm -hmm. and i'm sure it's overwhelming um uh, when you when you go from a market of maybe having 15 to 20 25 media people in your face daily to 50 60 70 in your face that can be a little overwhelming 
And I'm sure he was groomed by Howie and Jeffrey what to say, what mm-hmm. not to say. But now you're starting to see more of his personality as he gets acclimated into being a head coach, meeting with the media a couple of times a week. Uh, we're starting to see that. But I, I love his enthusiasm. You know, when you're coming off the type of season that this team came off of, and you have a number of holdovers from what was basically an embarrassing year, a lot of it, yes, generated by the multitude of injuries, but for a lot of veterans who played this game not just for money but to compete at the highest level, it was an embarrassing 2020. So you've got to inject some 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 energy, mm-hmm. uh, some liveliness, some you know, into in practices and daily meetings. And I think he he does a great job in terms of doing that to to make the practices lighthearted and more fun to be at. You know what did Zach Ertz say, uh, say recently uh, when he finally talked? This is the most fun I've had coming to practice in a long time. Yeah. I think that's a direct uh, direct compliment to the way Nick Sirianni has handled things on the football field. Maybe that's because the practices are so short, too. Well, that too. Yeah. You know, Barrett, Barrett, those days of double practices at Lehigh's, I bet Barrett would still be playing now. I'd still be playing now, man. The game has changed, man. Wow, has it changed. No doubt about it. At this point, Derek, just, just looking at you know what you see in this whole team, man, can you give me the – you know, I know you're gonna say no, but you got to do it for me this time. Here Can you go. give me what their win total is, man? Uh-huh. I hate I hate doing predictions. I know, I know, I know. I, I, know, I, know I, hate I hate doing them. Well, Barrett's got about eleven, just to, to, to let you know, he's eleven wins. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Bear's a homer. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> Bear's a homer. Um, I, I look at the schedule. First of all, I want to know who decided that the Eagles had the thirty-second schedule in the NFL. They have the, supposedly the Eagles have the weakest schedule in the NFL. Really? I can't when tell. You, when you look at the first four games. Oh, my God. Look at their division. How, yes. many, how much the di- division has improved in some regards. And then you've got Kansas City, Tampa San Bay. Francisco, San Francisco. San Francisco, yeah. who's going to be healthy. Yes. That, that 49ers defense. San Francisco likes to bully you on both sides of the football. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I'm trying to be as optimistic as possible. If this team gets more than six or seven wins, I would be shocked. Hmm. Uh, to be uh, to be honest, I think it's going to be a shootout type game against Dallas because Dallas is still rebuilding his defense. But I don't think the Eagles can stop Dallas's offense. You know, when you look at that, when you look at the weapons they have, you know, they talk about the three receivers: Michael Gallup, C.D. Lamb, and Amari Cooper. A lot of people forget they got this kid named Cedric Lewis, uh, who's also a pretty good receiver coming off the bench. Um, you know, now they're running back Tony Pollard, Ezekiel, and they, you know, say what you want to say. They, they just picked up Corey Clement. Mm-hmm. Corey Clemens is oh, a good running back. The fact yeah. that he didn't stay with the Giants, I was shocked. Yeah, me too. Okay, then you look at you look at what the Giants have done. You know, I forgot they had Kyle Rudolph. Their, their tight end situation is better. Galladay, Galladay, yeah. uh, the kid, they, they, uh, Tony, they drafted in the first From round. Florida, yeah. You know, Darius Slayton. Yeah. Slayton is kill the Eagles. Sterling yeah. Shepard. You know, I mean, it's all know, about so their offensive line. It's all about there. their offense, and yeah. it's about their quarterback. What would yeah. Daniel Jones be? in 2021. Mm-hmm. And then of course, you know, what's going to happen when they face the likes of a Tampa Bay, San Francisco, and Kansas city. Yeah. You know, so, so Barrett, I know you're optimistic and, and I know you're still on the Eagles payroll in some way, shape or form. <laughs> so you gotta, so you gotta say what you gotta say. I get it. But you know, I, I'm trying to be optimistic. Barrett said nine wins. 11. I'm not gonna, 11. 11. 
Yeah, that's because Barrett has this ongoing concussion that he doesn't talk about. But that's another story. <laughs> that's another story. Well, our our stream just said that Dave Spadaro called. He said eleven wins is too much. Wait, wait, Spud? Yeah, Spud said eleven wins is too much. Yes, does Spud still have a serious. job? Is he still employed? <laughs> Spud, I love you, man, for being honest. You know, I, I do. I think. I think people are excited about the, the new direction of this team. But I think if you pull back the reins a little bit, and be in, in, as you guys know, in the NFL, you win a game, you're not expected to, to win. You lose a game, you, you, you know, you weren't expected to lose. There's a balance there. I, I just don't see – I don't like the Eagles' offensive line depth. If any one of those first five guys go down, I'm not comfortable, you know, with the line. They're all, the guys up. They're all young guys, you know. Um, I, if Steve Nelson goes down opposite Darius Slay, or if Darius Slay goes down, you know what? Uh, you better start sprinkling some holy water because it's going to be bomb city against that secondary. You know, so I, I you know, I, I, there goes my ulcer medicine. I got to take my ulcer medicine. There you go. Six, seven wins to me is a realistic number in what Jeffrey Lurie deemed to be a transitional year. Right. You know, I, I think that's fair. Anything above that is gravy. Gravy. Yep. Yeah. All right, we got to take a short time out. We haven't taken a break yet, uh, Derek. You can stay with us if you want. You can stay as okay. long as you want. That's what Aton's Aton's rule. Yeah. And even though he's not here today, we're going to still let that apply. But we're going to take a three-minute timeout. We'll right. be back with more on The Middle with Harry Mays and Barrett Brooks here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Oh, yes. We are back on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Our thanks to Derek Gunn at the real D Gun on Twitter. You got to give him a follow. And don't forget about the, the post game show coming up uh, after each and every Eagles game. Two hours long. Going to be right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel with Derek Gunn and Mark Farzetta, uh, Devin Caney, John McMullen, and maybe Lane Johnson. You know, you notice he couldn't promise Lane Johnson. Right, but <laughs> I'm sure Lane will appear on, if not all, I would say the majority of those shows. No question, a lot of respect, you know, for D. Yeah. Gunn and what he what he means to this whole area, you know, as far as uh, being one of the best reporters uh, to do it. You know what I mean? So, you know, I think he will. I think he will, just out of respect. And you know, Lane's a pretty stand up guy. Oh yeah, but you never know once they start losing, man. That's the thing, because you know you you've done been part of this too, and I've hosted right. player shows you know, uh, multiple different times with different players. And it's it's all fun and games, you know, until they go on a losing streak. Right. And then right. The, and then the player not only does he not want to talk, he doesn't he might not even want to show up. Right. Because <laughs> usually it's done at some sort of you know venue, like a restaurant mm-hmm. bar or something, you know, where there's fan interaction. And they they just don't want to be a part of it when they're you know they've lost three, four straight games. Yeah, you know, and, and then they get a sense that all right, you you start saying, well, where's our guy at? <laughs> yeah, you know nobody's here right now. You know, so I mean, it, it's happened before. It happens a lot of the time. I can remember uh, I was doing a show at a uh, Chicky and Pete's. Uh-huh. Um, me and Ike, and we were down in you know, South had, Philly, the one right near yeah. the stadium. Yeah, and we had Corey Clement, and and Corey stopped showing up. <laughs> he started losing. I'm like, yeah, yo, bro, I mean, you're too young to be trying to do this. You know what I'm saying? You got to come. You have to make sure you come. Right. You know, eventually, you know, he got back to coming again. But win, lose, or draw, you're too young to do this. Now, right. if it's like Brandon or Fletcher, you can see that. But not when you're that young, Corey. <laughs> yeah, I, I did them. Uh, you know, the first one I did was with Dawkins. Mm-hmm. And, of course, you know, he's stand-up dude. And he even yeah. got hurt. He hurt his neck that season. And, you know, he'd come in, you know, in the – and you know he couldn't even move his neck at some point during the season, but he, but he did all the shows to his credit. And then uh, uh, B West, and that was a lot of fun. That was at a place in South Jersey, and he did them all. Then it was Deshaun, the Deshaun Jackson show, and we did it at a, at a hotel bar near the airport, the A Loft. Okay. Oh my goodness! And the deal was, I might have told you this story, but the deal was is that he was a really into playing Madden on you know xbox or whatever so and he he fancied himself to be pretty good at it so they made a sitch they made the the whole part of the the production was is that he'd show up there either early or he'd stay after the show either way he'd play a random fan in madden you know for you know half hour whatever the game takes and he showed up for the first couple early and played the the game of madden until like week three one of the one of the, the fans beat him, and oh, after no. after he lost to the fan in Madden, he didn't want to play the Madden thing anymore. So so that was out. 
right? That's off the table, you know? And, so, and then he'd start showing up late, you know? And it was, it was just this thing one after another. And then they started to lose. And then he, he just didn't want to, he didn't want to say anything. I mean, those shows can be dicey. Oh, no question. Really? No question. <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, it got to a point that, um, at the time I wasn't like, I wasn't contracted to go to the, you know, go to these games. I mean, go to these, um, these Monday, Monday player shows. Mm-hmm. It got to a point that, you know, it, it was Ike interviewing me. Like I was the player. That's, right. That's, right. Cause the players not saying did. anything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I'm with you. Now, we talked about, you know, the schedule, uh, somewhere D gun found somebody that ranks the schedules, um, and said that the Eagles have the, the easiest schedule, the 32nd, yeah. so that was, you know, the first would be the toughest, 32nd would be the easiest schedule. And it's kind of interesting because they're obviously basing a lot of that on last year's San Francisco 49ers, which right. were ravaged by injury. Okay. Right. Yep. A healthy Niner team uh, with steady quarterback play is a really tough, a tough game. Now they get they get them at home week two, but that's a really tough game. Then they go to Dallas, and this is all about you know they had better win in Atlanta week one. Yes, yes. Because Niners at home is no bargain. Going on the road to Dallas, we all know how tough that can be. Then they get the Chiefs at home, so that first month could be really brutal if they don't win that Atlanta game. It could be a long beginning of the season. Put it like right. that. Then at Carolina, well, you know, I don't know what Carolina is. That's a winnable game. Yep. Um, you know, the Buccaneers at home, Tom Brady coming in with that defending uh, Super Bowl championship team at the Raiders. I mean, it's a road trip. You know, the Raiders mm-hmm. aren't any, anything great. At the Lions, uh, the Lions stink. Chargers at home. The benefit there is they, they get that West Coast team coming east, but the Chargers are a talented group with a good quarterback. Right. At Denver, not an easy place to play. Uh, Denver's got a pretty good defense. If they get any kind of you know really steady, steady quarterback play and Teddy B doesn't turn the ball over, that's a tough game, right? The Saints at home. Saints aren't what they used to be. Uh, questions that you know what that whether they can get you know really good solid quarterbacking week to week with Jameis Winston. And then you start you know your division at the Giants. You know how, those games are always tough. Yep. At the Jets, uh, that should be very winnable. Washington football team and their defense at home at you know the Giants at home at Washington football team in Dallas. You know, I mean, can you sit here and say that the Eagles are a better than three and three in the division? <clears throat> there lies the problem, you know, because when I looked at the schedule to begin with, I'm thinking of the you know Eagles team that I I saw you know the two or three years ago. Mm-hmm. And looking at the opponents that they're playing two or three years ago, like there was no question that if I looked at this schedule, especially, you know, right after the Super Bowl, you know, or two years after the Super Bowl, I'm saying that they could easily, that's like five games at the end of the season that they would win. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The Jets, Giants, Washington, like, oh, yeah, it'll be yeah. a battle with Dallas. Then it'll go up and say, oh, we'll definitely beat the Lions. Uh, we'll beat the Chargers. We'll definitely beat the Raiders. Yeah, I can't say that. <laughs> I can't say it now. No, you know? I can't. So, I so, mean, so, you, know, you know, they get teams in transition to the Jets with a new staff, new quarterback. Uh, you know, like the, 
the Lions, Panthers. new staff, new quarterback. New staff, yeah. yeah, the Panthers, new quarterback. I mean, a young staff. So, you know, the, there's a lot of question mark. The Falcons, new coaching yes. staff, uh, veteran quarterback. But so, that you know, this happens in, in the league every year. You get so much turnover and, you know, coaching changes. is always like pr- pretty much five, six, seven every year, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I, there's some, there's some, you know, there's some gimmies in there, but it looks like the Eagles are now the team that is going to be given the most. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Cause they, I'm sure, I'm sure some of these other teams and these fan bases are saying, Oh man, that game at the Eagles, that's a win. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying like the char, you know, the, the chargers fans, Oh man, we can beat Philly on the road. They're no, they're no right, good. Right. Yeah. We're gonna be Philly. <laughs> right. The 49ers aren't gonna practice hard for the for the Eagles. Right. Uh, you know, Tampa Bay is gonna be like, eh, you know, that'll be we'll 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 rest our starters. Right. <laughs> All right. Now we got John DeCarlo coming on at the bottom of the hour, talk a little college football. Um, I you know, the Temple game's been postponed, but they'll still play it on Saturday. We did, still don't know if there's been a time uh put on that game. We'll find out from John and more stuff, but I hinted a little bit at the Phillies, and you have a baseball cap on because you're, yes. you know, you're from baseball heaven originally, St. Louis, <laughs> and you're repping your Cardinals. Uh, but the Phillies, of course, didn't play last night due to the rain. Uh, but they've they've put together a little winning streak here again. They're playing bad teams, and they, you know, to their credit, they beat some bad teams. They they right. feast on the Nationals. Okay, they play them again today with Aaron Nola on the mound. They're four games over 500. But the interesting thing with a month to go is that they're only two games behind the Braves for the division, Mm -hmm. but we were only looking at the division for the majority of the second half of the season. But now thanks to the Padres and the Reds playing poorly down the stretch here, they are now back in the wild card hunt. They're only two and a half games back of the wild card to make the playoffs. And the reason I bring this up is if you look at their schedule, Barrett, for the final uh, month of the season, there's a lot of donkey teams on there. <laughs> uh, seriously, they've got, I mean, they've uh, they've got uh, Milwaukee coming up, which is a good team. Although, they, right. they ironically, they beat Milwaukee, I think, four straight early in the season. That yes, was at did. home. That was at home. Now they're going to have to go uh, out on the road. But they've got, like, Baltimore in there, the Pittsburgh Pirates, uh, the Cubs, the Colorado Rockies, they're, they're playing a lot of teams that aren't very good. So what do you think? Are you back in? I know you love baseball. But they got the Marlins, man. You know, yeah, the so, Mar- I mean, there's, yeah, they, there's they've actually, they actually have a winning record against the Marlins this right, year. Right, right, yeah. right. And, you know, they got the Braves, what, you know, one series with the Braves still yet to go. Yeah. And it's toward the end of the season. Yes, there is, is a possibility, but. But it's not at home. It's not at home. It's on the road. Right. They don't play a division uh, game at home during the month of September. All their division That's games right. are on the road, and it's at the end of the month, I believe. Yeah. 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 So Well, they do have hope, man. You know, they play the Cubs again, you know. So, you know, those are some, you know, wins, you know, we can not, notch it on our half. I, yeah, I could, see, I could see this team just hanging around, giving us enough hope, and then, you know, saying just as we're right there, Mm-hmm. They fall apart the last week. Right. But the thing you is, I, mean? I can't buy in because all I do, <laughs> is, do them, I, all I do is see them feast on the bad teams. Whenever they play really good teams, they go back to being 
the Phillies. Now they're scoring runs now. They're starting to hit the ball, but what kind of pitching are they facing? Right, right. You know what I mean? Zach, Zach Wheeler, you know, he has to come back, go back to, you know, playing like he was playing, you know, two weeks ago. Right. We, we've got to have him back. If we can get, uh, you know, JT hitting the way he was, you know, if he gets healthy again, um, you know, I, I look at the roster and I see some great possibilities in there, but I just don't see a consistent, you know, a consistent guy out there that's going to hit the ball consistently all the time. Harper's, I mean, Harper's, you know, doing all he can. Well, he doesn't mean he hits well against the Nationals, anyways. Right, right. You know, he always goes home and hit, you know, and 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 he he lays it on them all the time. But you know, Bryce is he, he's definitely trying. If he can get somebody else, I mean, I I heard um I heard you know the the the, the skip wanted to you know maybe put JT and you know put him out there first, you know, play him at um play him at the number one spot, you know, just to get things going, you know, keep mm-hmm. the backs going. Yeah, because their leadoff position has not been good. As not far been as good at all. They're not. But they're not did, setting the table. That's why Harper has so few RBIs. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So what if you do put him in the you know at the leadoff hitter, you know, put him in number one. I mean, he could he could jumpstart things a little bit, get some guys on base, and maybe we do get going to where we're supposed to go. Right. I don't know, man. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah, because I mean, right. Nationals today, then the Marlins, like you mentioned, then at Milwaukee for three. Colorado at home for four, the Cubs who are lousy for three, then they go on the road to the Mets, who are playing poorly. Did you see what happened again to the Mets? They've had a really bad week. Not only are they are they not playing good baseball, you know, for the last month or so, um, you know, and they turned on their fans earlier. The guys starting to you know give the fans thumbs down when they cheer when they do something good. Right. You know, it's just, it's just <laughs> lunacy. But they're they're uh, in, in, I think he's an interim general manager. Got yeah. pulled over for DUI this week, coming home from a party that was at the owner's house. Wow! So this guy drinks his face off at the owner's place, gets in his car, tries to drive home. The, the owner lives, I think, in Connecticut, and he's driving through Westchester County, New York. Falls asleep at the wheel at a traffic light at four in the morning. Come on, guys! A general on, manager man. of a baseball team. I mean, what do? Well, what are you doing? At least he's not. At least he's not sending pictures. Well, it's you know true, but I mean, he could have killed somebody or himself. Yeah, man. Oh, you, know? you fall asleep at the wheel at a traffic light. And, I can I mean, tell you that's that's never happened to me. <laughs> okay. All right. Never, that's, that's, never that's, that. Never have happened. That, okay, but, then like, go ahead. I'm just saying, this is all on, on Girardi, man. I mean, he's got to coach him out of this. You know what I'm saying? I mean, he, I mean, he's got to coach him into this and keep him going in the right direction. He's got to make some great decisions yeah. on where he's placing guys who's, you know, pitching and everything. He's got to do it, man. Joe Girardi has to be the manager we put them up to be. And he you know, is un- he's be been underwhelming. Year. He's been underwhelming, right. man. You know, I mean, but, but, but I mean, changing the manager, it really. I, I saw Kevin Cooney's uh, piece in the Philly Voice earlier this week, and I thought it was great. If we talked more baseball, I would have brought him on to talk about it. But he, he's like, you know, changing the manager. Yeah, he's been he hasn't been good. But is that going to is that that's not fixing the real problem. The right. real problem is the scouting and the development, you know, the drafting and development or lack thereof for this organization. You wait, know, wait, over- you, oh, I, I, oh, my fault. We're talking Phillies. I thought you were talking about the Eagles. No, no, no. <laughs> 
You said drafting and developing players. Yeah. Like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> Phillies. For what for one more minute, it's gonna be Phillies. Then we'll get into college football. I'll tell you what. I mean, that's just that sounds just like the it sounds just like the Eagles for the past couple of years. I mean, they, they haven't drafted right. You know, and, and and they haven't developed young players. So hopefully, they're right. going in the right direction now. They yeah. have a young roster, but same thing. But Girardi, man, he he, it's, it's all it's all on him right now. Mm-hmm. It's all on him. He has he has to he has to pull him through this. You know, if he can pull him through this and get him into the playoffs, I mean, you get a fighter's chance once you get into the playoffs. But he has to do it. I mean, do you think that he if he doesn't get make it to the playoffs? Do you think he gets another year, or are they going to re- try to replace him? I think he probably gets another year. I think so, also. Yeah, I think, I think so he gets also. another year. All right, we're going to take a short time out. We'll be back with John DeCarlo from Al Scoop, talk a little college football, and um, you know maybe we'll work some other stuff in here. I know he's got an interesting story, um, an interaction with you, Barrett, that he texted me about yesterday when I when I asked him to come on, and I said, you know, I'm going to be on. It's just going to be me and Barrett Brooks, and he goes, oh. And he sends this, you know, really huge text. And it was a story from years ago. I'm going to have him detail it. I don't want to ruin it. But okay. it was a little interaction with you. And it was a, it was a little, little, little scary. What? That's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. Uh-oh, here we go. Stay tuned to the Jacob Media YouTube channel. More with Barrett Brooks and Harry Mays here on a Thursday back in three. As a hardworking American... You've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence. Turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz & Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz & Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross.
field of life, First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. We're back on the YouTube channel, Jacob Media YouTube channel. Got to subscribe and smash that like button. You know, I noticed uh, yesterday we had uh, Dave Zangaro on from NBC Sports Philly. And then we had Matt Mullen on from Philly Voice. And Zangaro was talking Eagles and Mullen was talking Sixers. And I looked at the, you know, the amount of, you know, views that each guy got. And no disrespect to anybody, but it's just the content that people really want to digest more so right now and all the time. But I mean, even with this Ben Simmons stuff going, people rather sit here and just, uh, you know, rehash Eagles stuff. That's all they want to hear. I mean, this Eagles, Eagles all around, man. Yeah. You know, this, this city, man, you know, they love, they love their football, man. They love Eagles football, man. And you know, they, they're vested in it, man. And this is one of the most, invested fan bases and not just you know just watching them and, and and consuming the eagles but also you know the studying they do you know the fact that they go in and, and they research just as well as i do you know they watch right. film just like i do yeah. so it's not like you can just say whatever you want to say and not think you're going to be called on it and that's the difference between other fan base other fans oh yeah they, they they made a big play no if i say that there was an meb blitz they will go back and verify it and see if it really was an MEB blitz that happened. They'll rewind the game. Oh no! Because they, they they not only watch it once, they watch it they watch it yes. twice. <laughs> yes, yes. I've had a fan man. I've had a fan man come to me and say, "Hey man, um, on that play you said this happened, but I didn't see that." I said, "No, no, no, no." I said, "This is what happened," and I told him exactly what happened. And, and bam, this is what it was. John, right, what's I see, up, there man? he is, John hey, DiCarlo joining us right now. Of course, the editor of the incredible website, alscoop.com for all your uh, temple sports needs. You got to subscribe to that, man. I've, I've been a subscriber for, I don't know, 15 years. I don't know what it's been since uh, Sean pastor who started that website. I was always way back with him and the old school uh, days. yeah, the old school days. And now John DeCarlo is doing a great job with Kyle Goss and they, they, they got everything going, including uh, the football and the basketball. And, of course, uh, football, the, the game was postponed. John texted me this morning. You know the game's postponed, right? And I, I was unaware because I guess it had just come down maybe 20, 30 minutes uh, before that. And I was like, no, you're kidding me. Now what am I going to do tonight at 630? And, and it's been moved to <laughs> Saturday. Else to watch. Well, I, I'm going to watch Ohio State, Minnesota at 8. Yeah. But, like, I'm wondering on Saturday, before we start talking about this team and your interaction with Barrett, which we got to get to, is is this <laughs> game going to – is it still going to be on the – is it still going to be on the Big Ten Network because there's this huge tilt scheduled for Saturday at noon between Fordham and Nebraska that I know the nation is waiting to, to watch. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as of now, Ben, I just saw a tweet. Rutgers tweeted out it's going to be at noon on the Big Ten Network. So, oh, yeah, Nebraska they're bumping, can, they're uh, bumping Nebraska. Yeah, awesome. Nebraska can take wow. a hike. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's good news. Okay, so Saturday at noon is the official time. Of course, there's massive flooding, you know, going on in and around the Rutgers Stadium area. I understand they had a sellout, and there there will be a sellout on Saturday now. 
Yeah, they've announced a they've announced a sellout. So I mean, I mean, hopefully people can get to the game on Saturday. I'm the farthest thing from a meteorologist, but it looked like a mess up there, and uh, just the, the access to the to the stadium looked like it's just not even an option. So yeah. I mean, I, I hope things are better by Saturday. You hear all sorts of crazy reports about rivers cresting, and we haven't seen the worst of that yet. So who knows? But yeah, hopefully things will be fine by Saturday. When I, is everything fine where you are? Yeah, I mean, I'm in I'm in Havertown. I mean, we got hit okay. with with rain, but nothing like what South Jersey experienced. Nothing like what you know that Glenside Ambler area experienced. So yeah. uh, we're fortunate we didn't lose power or anything like that. I hope you guys are okay where you guys are. Oh yeah, yeah, it's good yeah I'm in South Jersey. Yeah, yeah. Well, well Barrett's actually Barrett's actually right now in Kansas City, but he has a home yeah. in South Jersey near where the tornado was. Right. It's okay, Barrett. Like yeah, yeah. We're cool. We were we were good. You know, but I mean, it's it's right around the corner. You know, it's ten minutes from me. Uh, yeah. Camden was hit hard because you know they don't have any drainage to really send the water anywhere else. So I mean, it's like settling and you know, you know, spots in in different areas on uh you know roads. So it's it's still pretty bad. Yeah, now Bar scary. Barrett does some assistant coaching uh, work with uh, Woodrow Wilson over in Camden, yes. John. Which Preston I know Brown, you, you know well. Yes, yeah, yeah. Preston, and good hire. Good hire by Rod Carey in that player development role. I mean, the one downside right now is that they can't. Um, uh, we get you know questions about this all the time. And there were two two Jersey kids who just decommitted from Maryland, uh, but one played at Camden had just transferred, and I'm forgetting their names. But Preston had coached both of them, so because he's not in a full time, well, he's in a full time job, but he's not he's not in an on the field role, so they can't recruit those guys for two years. But long term, and even in the short term, it's a great hire for them, you know, because. I think when Rod came over from Northern Illinois, I mean, Temple's been pretty good. They've kept this succession going since Al Golden had really started to build the program. And I think some people are like, are they going to slip up with a hire at some point? And Rod comes in, brings most of his staff with him from Northern Illinois, which is understandable. But, you know, people in the area kept saying he needs a local presence. So, you know, Gabe Infante is his recruiting coordinator and he can recruit guys from St. Joe's Prep because he's in an on the field role. But Preston's incredible too. I mean, it's a great hire for them. So uh, no question, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but Barrett was saying to me that if they would have played the game tonight, a bunch of the Woodrow Wilson players were going to go up and watch the game as okay. guests of the Rutgers program. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, hey, they're they've got good players there, and I mean, that's why you bring in somebody like. And again, Preston can't recruit guys for two more years from from his from his former school, so that eliminates any Woodrow Wilson guys from the 22 and 23 classes. But, I mean, he's still an asset to have in South Jersey. Yeah. He's a you know former player, really respected there. And, you know, I think they needed him there. So it's a good good long-term hire for them. But, yeah, I'm not surprised. I mean, that's Rutgers recruiting territory. I mean, South yeah. Jersey's recruiting territory for everybody. They've got some good players there. Yeah. All right. Now you got a detail because I, I don't want to I don't want to ruin it, but you need the detail before we start talking about the, the football team and the game of your experience, this run-in that you had <laughs> with Barrett Brooks where he thought you might have been Mark Eckel. Yeah, I'm sure, Barrett, I'm sure you would never, ever remember this because I'm sure there are a million other more important things that have happened in your life. So Harry texted me the other day, and it popped into my head. I, I had gone to Temple, graduated from Temple in 1998. Uh, I think I that my senior year, I had interned at Eagles Digest for Dave Spadaro, who I'm sure I interviewed a bunch of times. Interviewed right. a bunch of times. So then, uh, my following year out of college, I'm working for the Daily Journal, a paper in Vineland, New Jersey. It was part of the whole Gannett, New Jersey network. They had me covering everything high school, college stuff, Eagles stuff. And so I'm covering the Eagles my first year out of college. 
And I think it was like midweek media availability down in the trenches of, of the vet. And I'm standing there and I don't remember who I was waiting to interview. And I remember you coming out of the locker room. It's like, a, like I said, a Wednesday afternoon. And I look up and you're looking at me and you're like, where's, where's Mark Eckel? Are you Mark Eckel? I was like, <laughs> I was like I'm not Mark Eckel. And you said to me, well, tell him I'm looking for him when you see him. So I'm, I was like, all right. I'm, I remember thinking like, you know, wow. as, as a reporter, as a reporter, I mean, you've got to take it. Like, and had I been Mark Eckel or if he came out and was like, are you John DiCarlo? And I had written, I'm, I can only assume that Mark wrote some sort of critical piece about the offensive line. And I tell, cause I teach two classes at Temple now too. And I tell students like, Hey, if you write something, you have to be prepared. If an athlete comes up to you, you have to be prepared to defend your work. But on that day, I was glad that I was not Mark Eckel. And I'm sitting there thinking like, I don't, I don't look like Mark. Eckel. No. And, uh, and I'm, look, I'm sure Mark is a, wherever Mark is right now. I'm not trying to disparage him, but like, yeah, I was, I remember thinking like, I'm glad I'm not Mark Eckel because I'm 5'11", 175 pounds, no matter how much I hit the weight room. But you know, I was like, well, he must've, he must have written something to tick off Barrett, something about the offensive line. I was like, okay. Wow. Hey, tell him I'm looking for him. I was like, okay, I will. Yep. <laughs> never, never saw him that day, but I was like, hmm. Wow. Yeah. Now, now, Barrett, do you remember this at all? <laughs> you know what? I actually, I actually do. And it wasn't anything bad, actually. Oh, oh it really? wasn't? No, it, it, he, he has a radio show. And um, he was doing a radio show um, out – out way out far and um he was, no, supposed it was, to have, it was at trenton station i think he was on right yeah. right yeah right. and richard cooper was supposed to do it mm -hmm. but rich said no i'm not doing it and he told me hey um you know could you do it for me i was like yeah i'll do it for you so we'll get in touch with mark echo man they pay you a thousand bucks man you, you know you better get on it now so i'm trying <laughs> to find mark where the hell is mark at you know what wow. i'm saying like to pay me a thousand bucks, I'm going to get it. You know what I'm saying? And, and here I'm a, I'm a fresh out of college guy, intimidated, <laughs> thinking like that Mark wrote something to piss you off. Wow. And I was like, no, I never saw him. Like that. I, mean, I hope you hope you guys connected for the show. But like, oh, wow, you you'd be getting a thousand dollars to do an hour in Trenton, bro. That's that, that's that was, outrageous. That was nothing back in the day, man. It was. Oh I mean, my god, my first two years there. I mean, players weren't doing thing for anything less than like five thousand dollars. Jeez, wow. Yeah, good yeah, life. It was, it was it was crazy back then. I, me, I was I was a bottom feeder. I was trying to get a thousand. I was good. Right. Where. I was like, yeah, I'm going. Yeah, but yeah. You're trying you know? to shake down John to get this thousand dollars. <laughs> <man. laughs> if I knew Barrett, if I knew it was if I knew there was money involved, I would have tracked down Mark. I would have right for a little finder's you know? fee. Yeah, you here I could have given John a struggling reporter a finder's fee. Yeah, here right, thought, yeah, yeah. Here I thought he was being critical of the offensive line or something like that. Wow. That's that was my assumption. That's a great story. All right, well let's <laughs> let's talk about this this squad because they, obviously last year they had an awful year. It was just sort of you know a throw it away. You know they you know certain teams were able to deal with COVID and other teams really weren't. It wasn't a really level playing field as we know. They were devastated, uh, decimated with their their roster availability. They won one game. And this year, you know, the prognosticators, for what it's worth, you know, have them finishing at the bottom of the of the conference. The over-under for win totals is like two and a half to three, depending on where you look. Is it really that bad, John, in your view, from what you've seen thus far? 
I don't think it's I don't think it's that bad. I think realistically, and you know, Temple fans may not want to hear this for whatever my predictions were. I think they're, we've been saying this on our podcast and, you know, whatever happens, happens here. But I think they're like a six win team this year. I think that like the perfect storm of circumstances hit them and not in a good way where, you know, starting in October last year, they had to delay to their season and going into the season, they were healthy and I thought they were going to be a pretty good team. But then once they started getting hit by COVID, it didn't stop. They had injuries by the end of the year, they're you know, getting players contact trace right before they played ECU. They're on their fifth string quarterback. Yeah. Anthony Russo's out. Um, so they finished one and six. Uh, you know, Rod Carey's dealing with the transfer portal more than, you know, uh, with all due respect to Al Golden, Steve Adazio, Jeff Collins, Matt Rule. Those guys never had to deal with that. So I think you had a lot of guys who had been through a lot and uh, had been through, you know, really three head coaches. If you count the 18 days that Manny Diaz was around and that craziness. Wow. And, um, I think some of them were like, you know what, the hell with it. I'm going to see what my worth is somewhere else. We won one game. Um, you know, I don't really know these guys. And again, I'm painting with a broad brush here. I think everybody's situation was different. But so they lost some guys in the portal. And, um, you know, I think that had they been able to stay healthier, I don't think they would have been a one-win team. I don't think they're going to be a one-win team this season. There are just so many question marks on both sides of the ball. For me, too many for me to say, oh, yeah, they're going to be a nine, 10 win team and win this league. It's it's a great league to be like the one that, that sends a lot of guys to the NFL and Temple sent a lot of guys to the NFL. But there are just there are just too many question marks on both sides of the ball for me to say, like, they're going to be an elite team in the conference. Now, if if some of the guys that they got in the portal really work out, if Dewan Mathis, the quarterback they got from Georgia, is as good as advertised, maybe he wins you a couple of games on his own just in terms of what he can do with a, a real live arm and the escapability he has in the pocket, maybe they'll be you know better than we think. But yeah, I don't think they're a, a one or two win team. But it's it's not an easy schedule. And even starting with you know this weekend now, Rutgers isn't the team that's going to win the Big Ten. But you know they've got some pieces too. They've got a really good secondary with I think a couple of guys that have NFL futures. So Mathis is going to be facing a a pretty good secondary to start off with. Um, you know their quarterback Noah Vedrill's not anything more than a game manager, but they've got some, some players on offense like Bo Melton, Isaiah Pacheco. So it's a tough opener to begin with, but I think if Temple goes six and six this year and gets to, you know, pick a bowl game, whatever glorified exhibition it is, but Mm -hmm. use signs of progress from some of their younger defensive backs, some of their younger running backs, some of, you know, if, if Dewan Mathis looks really good, um, then I think you can say, okay, they have bounced back and they're heading in the right direction. If now, if they go two and 10 this year, then some bigger questions need to be answered. And I think for the yeah. first time in a long time, uh, and who thought we would have been saying that about Temple in the late nineties, early two thousands, but for the first time in a long time, if they do go two and 10, three and nine, maybe even four and eight, you're sitting around thinking, all right, this is a, you know, it's a big season for them, regardless, based on what they have to bounce back from. But mm-hmm. a lot has to go right for them this year in terms of like making sure that they got the right pieces in the portal to compensate for what they lost. Yeah, I, no I was doubt. wondering about that, you know, just looking at looking at them um, going out and recruiting, you know, there have been a lot of teams coming in cherry pick, you know, I mean, of course, we're going to have Penn State. Penn State's going to come get the, you know, the elite talent out of the Philadelphia area, the tri, you know, the tri-state area. But I mean, at this point, if they start keeping these guys, like all the running backs that have went to Wisconsin from this, from this, you know, South Jersey, Philadelphia area, they start getting these players to commit to this team. And I think with Preston being there, I mean, this could be a really, you know, pretty good team because 
you know, there's so much talent and, you know, it, it hasn't been that the East part of the state has been a football, but it's starting to be some football recruits that come out of here now. Oh yeah. And they, they're still going to have to do things the way they've done things in the past, which is to get guys to commit early, mm-hmm. stay on them. I mean, last year too, they couldn't, they've had so much success with their camps and, you know, they go in, they, they, they bring guys in, they evaluate them. They try to offer these guys before anybody else does, or at least be in on the ground floor in their offers and then stay on them, stay on them, hope that they can retain them. And, you know, cause all of the, they've had a few for whatever rankings are worth. They've had a few four-star guys in the past that for whatever reason didn't pan out, worked out. Like, I mean, yeah. Kareem Ali, great, great kid, just was a four-star recruit out of Timber Creek. Never really worked out for him. Ended up at Western Michigan. Again, he's a great kid from a great family. Um, I mean, they even flipped a kid from uh, Prep Charter in Philly, Karamo Diabate, who Diabate. had committed to Penn State. Right. He flips to Temple, and that was a big deal at the time. The optics. So he's a very high school football player, but he ended up being kind of a, a serviceable rotation type of guy. Whereas now, granted, you know Hassan Reddick's story is is more the exception than the norm, where you bring him in as a walk on out of Haddon Heights, and he mm-hmm. just becomes a first round pick. But they typically do better with these two and three star guys that, that, you know, the coaches say, well, we trust the tape. We think this kid has great measurables, long arms, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we can develop them like a, you know, an Ardong, a Roche, a Tyler Matikevich, um, you know, all those guys, that's, that's how they're going to have to continue to do it. Even, I think even if Temple went 12 and 0 this season, uh, played in a New Year's six bowl game, got into the college football playoff, Yes. Would it help them? Yes. They're, but they're never going to routinely out-recruit Alabama and LSU. Like, it's just still too much of a delay. Right. Chris Farmore, who got drafted out of Alabama, was at, you know committed to Temple at one point. Mm-hmm. But if Nick Saban comes to wow. you and says, hey, I want you to play in the SEC, um, short of Temple becoming a, a bandit program or, or now lining up a bunch of NLI deals for, for kids, they're going to they're gonna lose them. So I think that they do have some – potentially some good things going for them in terms of um, the recruiting strategy. I've talked to talked to Gabe Infante recently, and he basically said, look, you know, we kind of have to get back to establishing that five hour footprint that worked for Al Golden, that worked for, for, for Matt rule. You know, we don't really need to dip into sure. If they need to dip into Florida to get a great kid. Yes, they'll do it. Um, if this kid, Jordan Lynch or Justin Lynch, I'm sorry, becomes their next great quarterback out of Chicago, played at Mount Carmel high school where Donovan played. No, one's going to care as long as he's good, but he's like, you know, we have to be good in our own backyard again, just like things worked in the past. And I think, I think Rod Carey's not being offended by that. He's not saying, Oh no, no, no. I have to do it my way. We have to recruit out in the Midwest. But I mean, you're right, Barrett. There's so much talent within their backyard, but they're going to be fighting Rutgers fourth. They're going to be fighting really anybody for it. But, um, you know, they, I, I think Preston will be a huge asset for them, but I think they're just still going to have to continue to do it the same way they have, which is just get guys into camps, trust the tape. You know, if they get some guy who's really good that blows up, hold on to dear life for him. But now the difference is every year you're going to have to continue to re-recruit your guys and re-recruit your guys because the, the portal's open season. And I think now what's going to be a little different is I think the days of, of programs like Temple signing 20 or 25 kids may be gone because they might say, we'll take 10 or 15 and maybe take another five or 10 guys in the portal because now if you come to a school in the portal once, if you want to leave again, now you have to sit out the year and you're mm-hmm. going to be less likely to sit. So that changes a lot, but I agree with you. There's so much local talent that they really need to get.
Yeah, the portal has really changed the whole uh, the whole dynamic for everybody. Uh, some schools more than others. Uh, we're a couple more minutes with John DiCarlo, editor in chief of Al Scoop, uh, AlScoop.com, for all your Temple uh, information on the sports program. What would you say is their deepest or their best position group, or maybe there's two position groups that the the coaches are really excited about? I think. Um... Uh, right now, the offensive line, I think, you know, for whatever it's worth, I think their offensive line, they have a group that has the seventh most starts in FBS. Uh, do they have any, you know, elite guys that are first or second day picks in the draft? Not really, I don't think, but they, they have stability there. Uh, CJ Perez was a Northern Illinois transfer at center. Um, you know, they're pretty solid on the line at left guard, Joseph Hooper, right guard, Adam Klein, left tackle, Isaac Moore's back, right tackle, Michael Neese, who was a Dayton transfer. Um, they even like a true freshman at left tackle as a backup from the D.C. area, Jim Tuo, Badegu. They, they like their offensive line depth. Uh, beyond that, they have some good young linebacker depth, but it's untested. But right. that's the thing on, on certain areas, you know, defensive line. You know, they lost Arnold Ebiketti to the transfer portal to Penn State. He's a really good player. Who puts pressure on the quarterback? Is it Will Rogers, the the Washington State transfer? Is it a kid like Leighton Jordan who's been kind of progressing a little bit? You know, they, again, they have a lot of question marks that could become positives for them, but that's the thing. They don't have – I don't know that I look at any position on the field right now where I say they have a ton of depth. Now, the coaches might say, hey, we have a lot of redshirt freshmen, returning freshmen who we like. They just have to prove themselves. So I would say maybe the offensive line is an area of depth. Running back's a question. Now they've got some good young backs. Uh, I like Trey Blair, the kid from Havertown. He's a very good player. Yeah. Very good player. I was able to, when the, on signing day, we live like five blocks from the, from the school. So I just walked over there, you know, pre-COVID when you can just walk into a place and uh, talk to him. And I mean, he was a good dual threat quarterback <laughs> there mm-hmm. and really good player. Now they brought him as a safety, but now – they, they've switched him over to running back. Apparently, he's been good. And I, I think that thing is really going to sort itself out after a couple of weeks. You guys know how this works. Like sometimes they need to get, maybe you have a non conference opener like this one. And then maybe that second week, somebody shakes loose for like 15 carries, 125 yards, gets his carries. And then Rod Carey and Gabe Infante say, This is our guy. Right. But, you know, I think they have some talent there. But who's going to be that, that bell cow back for him yet? I don't know. They'll be a very interesting team to cover because there's so many things to look into. But other than the offensive line, I don't know of a, a position that's super deep for them. They have a couple of good transfers at corner and Cameron Ruiz and um, um, why am I drawing a blank on the other kid? Um, Keyshawn Paul. Keyshawn Paul, thank you. Yeah. From, from yeah. UConn. I mean, they're proven players. They haven't proven themselves at Temple yet. Uh, and they've got some good young corners they like. But it's a lot of a lot of younger depth, but unproven depth that, you know, again, that's why I'm saying if they go and win six and seven games or six, That'd or seven be a good games, year, but you see a lot of positive development and you see guys that are kind of like that next in line. That's a good thing, but some things have to go right for them there. Definitely. You know, I can't wait, man. Um, I'm actually uh, going to broadcast the, uh, the Wagner game, the Temple Wagner oh, game. Nice. So. Yeah. Nice. Barrett will yeah. be in the booth there. He's out for doing Kansas uh, tomorrow night, Kansas, South Dakota. And then he's yeah, got Temple Wagner. How you liking it? Is it fun? Oh man, I love it, man. I get to I get to watch the game and tell exactly what I'm looking at. You know, just to give you know the people out there exactly what I'm looking at. You know, because I don't follow the ball half the time. Usually, my mm-hmm. keys will make me get to the ball, but I follow it a different way than most people. So I, I love doing that that way, uh, watching great. games that way. But 
Barrett was um, in the truck you know, this, for many years for some really big time college football games for ESPN. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I did. Um, I was with uh, Todd Blackledge and his crew. That's like the, the the second, um, the number two crew for Espen. And um, you know, just just being able to sit back and 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 talk with Todd Blackledge. You know, when players are going out, I could be talking to him. I was like, hey, you know, look at this. They're running cover three, Todd. And instead of their um, the quarterbacks. Uh, going with the vertical, they're actually sitting down in between the vertical and letting a linebacker buzz out there. And and I'm telling him that in his ear, but he's able to take what I'm saying and articulate it in a way in which he wanted to get the point across. It is amazing how he's able to do that stuff while I'm in the That's truck awesome. and he's up there at the booth. You it's know, the insight but, uh, that most of us do not get when we're sitting up in the press box. And That's yeah. right. <laughs> hey, hey, John, great stuff, but, man. You know, we appreciate you. Oh, you got one more? Definitely appreciate you. Barrett? Okay. No, no, no. I was going to say that conference, man, you know, thinking about, you know, letting Kansas State in there, maybe. Oh, we'll yeah. What, yeah. What's happening with that? Conference realignment? Yeah. Who the hell knows? Uh, I, I, anytime I think I have a handle on it, um, <laughs> you know, like a few weeks ago, there were reports circulating saying, oh, the American could be very well positioned to to poach some teams from the Big 12. And we would get mailbag questions about that in our podcast and you know, it, it wasn't the hot take answer that, that some of our listeners were looking for, but I was like, well, let's let's see how this uh, fleshes itself out. It, it's, I mean, when 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 I covered it the first time when they got back into the Big East for a year, and then Villanova and the other basketball schools packed up their stuff, took the name and and just left, and the American formed. I thought, okay, well, anything's possible. So, I mean, I'd love to see Temple. I mean, who wouldn't? You know, who wouldn't love to see Temple either? or you know, the American in general bring some other teams in, or if Temple could get to another league in the future in a major media market, it would be great. But my God, there's so many moving pieces to it. It's, it's, I don't, I wouldn't be able to tell you anything credible right now. And I mean, Temple's brought in a new president and Jason Wingard. They're going to be hiring a new athletic director. Now when conference realignment happens, it's not just, I think you guys know, that's not like a new AD comes in and says, Oh, Hey, uh, I got us into the ACC. The paperwork's going to be here shortly. It's a, president's level thing it's a board of trustees level thing mm -hmm. it's a uh, talking to networks level thing and um it, it's a it's a it's an interesting mess to cover i don't know i don't have a great handle on what's going on with that i'm sure temple wants to position itself because of what it's done with football because of the media market that it's in but i have no clue right now yeah all right, John, we Thanks appreciate a couple of minutes, man. Uh, best of luck uh, covering the team this year. We'll, we'll touch base with you soon. No problem. Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot, bro. Have a good one. There he is. John DeCaul from Alscoop. Alscoop.com does a great job. Yeah, great Barrett, it's going to be very interesting. You know, it, it just seems like your school and my school, you know, I just hope we're both not left on the on the outside looking in exactly. when, this whole thing, <laughs> when this whole thing goes down. But right now we are on the outside looking in. Exactly, man. Exactly, man. Yeah. All well, right. So, what's your schedule today? Show, yeah. One, well, one go, minute left. What I'm leaving here. Go, I got to go interview the coaches from South Dakota at three mm -hmm. o'clock, and then um, I, I go down to uh, Lawrence and I interview the coaches from Kansas at seven. Wow. So you got a full day. Yes, sir. All right, buddy. Well, we appreciate it, and uh, we'll touch base tomorrow. Hopefully, you know, we'll we'll just line up a couple more guests for tomorrow. You know, maybe we'll even get Shander to jump in on his own show. I mean, I, I you know, what he, he can, he's got, I heard he just announced something new, another new job today. I'm seeing uh, Twitter going crazy. Yeah, what is he's, that? He's, yeah, I, 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 I don't even know. We'll, we'll, I'll have to investigate it a little bit more.
but uh, he's got so much going on, and I know he'd he'd want to talk, so maybe we can pop him on for tomorrow. All right, we'll give him a call. All right, man. Have a good day. We'll see you. See you all later. Thanks for tuning in. We'll be back tomorrow right here on the Jacob Media YouTube channel at 11 a.m. As a hardworking American, you've never experienced how tough life can be until now. A catastrophic injury while working on the job. A personal injury from someone else's negligence turned away by other law firms in the region who didn't bother to learn your story. It's time to meet the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm and managing partner Brian Fritz. Badly injured? Call the Fritz and Beyond Cooley Law Firm. Find out why they say, we got this. The International Brotherhood of Electrical Workers, Local Union 98, is a proud sponsor of The Labor Show with J. Doc and Krause every Saturday night from 6 to 8 p.m. IBEW Local 98's highly trained and superbly skilled electricians are the best in the business, setting the highest safety standards in the electrical industry. So when you're planning your next industrial, commercial, or residential project, choose an IBEW Local 98 union contractor. Learn more at IBEW98.org. Ah, the savoring taste of a good bag of beef jerky is so enjoyable at any time of the day, as long as you can find it. Here's what we suggest. Pure Bull Beef Jerky is our answer, and soon it will be yours. Locally produced in the Philadelphia region, this high-quality, healthy protein snack is easy to secure. Go to Steersnacks.com, and you'll see hot garlic, tropical heat, Pure Bull Dry Rub, and our favorite, Huck and Fod. What's that? Huck and Fod. Go now to Steersnacks.com. I get scared sometimes. Of a lot of things. Joining in. Decisions. The dark. The dark. But I once heard someone say. But as I always say. It's okay to be afraid. As long as you face the fear. And keep moving forward. Wherever you are in life, count on the name trusted in insurance for over 80 years. Independence Blue Cross. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. Featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the best-seller's body care set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com code SUMMER.